Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday, October 3rd, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Mr. Bob Ryer. Ciao. And Stephanie Cook. (laughs) Stephanie, we lost you. I know. I I cracked. Oh, God. Eh, Things are going badly. No, nothing. Good good to start off the show. Glitching. So much glitching. Ruh-roh. Ruh-roh. Stephanie, Ruh-roh. are you with us? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a banner start to this show to our fifty first show. Um, our our Comic Con review show because next week's Comic Con. Uh, and for the first time, we're all going to be in the same room, so we'll avoid this yeah. problem we're having here. Um, Stephanie, how are things on your end right now? Oh, you know, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear us now? Is it okay? Is it okay? Right now I can. I don't know. I guess our theme song fucked it up. It took yeah, over. Damn it, theme song. It took over. Um, so <laughs> it kind of derailed my uh, our oh, our flow, dumb. but we're gonna get back on the ball. We're gonna get back onto it. Um, like I said, we're gonna be talking about Comic Con today. Of course, our books of the week. It's been like a long time since we recorded. It's only been a week, but I guess we recorded earlier in the day, so it's been has been longer than usual. A lot's happened this week. It's true. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of books. I read a lot of books. Um, and uh, Bob, I want to ask you a question. You brought sure. up something. We were kind of trying to come up with topics, and you you sent me a couple news stories. Um, one of which was a story about Grant Morrison, and I always wanted to hear about what that was. Sure. Well, he had his own con. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if he actually organized it, but it was Morrison Con, and he made an announcement about a book he's been working on for the better part of I guess five years called Multiversity which was actually due way before this new 52, and it brings back the multiverse. We're going to have six one-shot issues, each with a different Earth, and then a two-part conclusion. We, we're we going to start, the first book this time is Frank Quitely, who is doing All-Star Superman. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and that's called Pax Americana, and that uses the Charlton characters, but now using them the way Alan Moore did with Watchmen, where the first issue is the heroes fail to stop the assassination of the president by the peacemaker, who's the comedian. Okay. And so it's now, it's bled all the way back around again into now the Charlton characters are the Watchmen who they were the basis of in the first place. And I'm getting a headache thinking about it. Uh, there's a Captain Marvel Thunderworld, the Shazam one. We've got a Nazi world where they win the war. Because he said, I always want to see a Nazi Superman and a vampire Batman. So that we're going to have those. All right. We're just going to have those. Sounds good to me. And also has a, a grown-up Justice League sidekick Earth. Okay. So it's sort of Earth 2.1, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it does throw a monkey wrench into the new continuity, unless it's going to be a pocket universe of its own. Or it's just maybe, uh, they're just going to be like, oh, this is a mini series that's not part of this 
And Elseworlds? Kind of, it's awfully big for an Elseworlds, though. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, like, it seems like a lot of his stuff, though, he was, like, the Batman Incorporated stuff he was also doing before the reboot and just kind of kept doing it after it was yeah. over. So it seems kind of in line. He also said, you know, he's ending Batman Incorporated. Well, he's ending his run on it, I think, issue 13 and issue 17 for action. And at the con, they also asked him about him not doing superhero comics anymore uh, because there had been statements uh, out there like that. And he said, no, it's not that I don't want to superhero comics anymore, but I don't want to do the monthly grind anymore. I don't want it to be get the book out the door, the deadline of you can't really reinvent, you can't take your time, you can't sculpt your story. So that's what he's getting out of. Right, and this, and this certainly, you know... It makes this true because yeah. this has been out in in the public eye anyway for four or five years. Mm-hmm. That that's very interesting. I, I just you brought that up and I thought we should talk about it. And uh, the other thing too, big news, and this is the movie world. Uh, Mark Millar or mm-hmm. uh, Mark Miller. I, it's Mark Millar, right? I thought it was. Okay, uh, <laughs> you know, writer of Kickass and Superior and a, you know his own imprint basically of books. Millar World. He is taking over basically what Joss Whedon is doing for the Marvel studio stuff he's going to do for the Fox properties so um, X-Men and Fantastic Four he's going to shepherd them and kind of be the creative consultant on all of that stuff so Bob what do you think about that I think it's very good to have a comic person at the head of it they have really good properties over there Uh, when you saw how good X-Men first class could be Mm -hmm. you know coming after the disappointment that we all felt about the third one you know, again, you've got a comic book person involved. Yeah. Vaughn knew what he was doing here. So let's give this guy a shot. I, it may be a little dark. It's not going to be the fun that the other side was, but maybe he'll adapt. Yeah. Well, how was his Fantastic Four run? Uh, it's it's okay. It's not it's not Hickman's. It's not some of those other great ones, but it's it's very very good. And he gets the characters and okay. gets their relationships. So it, maybe not the great overriding cosmic thing we thought of maybe a little more interior mm-hmm. but could be very good for a film right um what do you think about this steve i think i figured out why we feel like we haven't been here why <laughs> because the last time we recorded it was during the day it was yeah <laughs> so we weren't here at night we weren't in about two weeks it's true it's that's, true that's why i was thinking today i was like wow it feels like we haven't recorded in a long time and i was like no we recorded last week yep um but yeah anyway i'm sorry it's okay. <laughs> i was stuck on that it's all right so uh what do i think of this uh i think it's good yeah i think it's good i think it's uh it's nice to know that they're starting to put people in a position of power that you know know what they're doing yeah and instead of just getting some i don't know music video director <laughs> off the uh off the mtv street or whatever <laughs> or whatever's left of mtv one of those channels um, no, I think it's good. I, it'll be interesting knowing like where he's coming from writing-wise, what he's going to put into those those properties and those universes. Yeah. But um, I would much rather know that he's doing it than someone else, unless they could think of somebody else fantastic, then I'd be excited for them. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, uh, I mean, obviously, First Class is under Rothman's stewardship, and mm-hmm. uh, he, he was maligned much for his treatment of the X-Men franchise and the Fantastic Four franchise and Daredevil and Ghost Rider and everything, you know? Um, so he's gone, and it seems just right after he left, they announced this Mark uh, Millar thing. So I would, I'm interested to see what he does. He's, you know, he's not going to be writing the screenplays, but he is going to be doing rewrites and kind of connecting the universes a little bit. So we'll see that it, how it goes. I mean, Stephanie, are you familiar with uh, Millar's work? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I'd have to say that I'm pretty excited. I think Steve, for the most part, pretty well summed up 
everything I felt about it, though. So don't you know. I always? If you've forgotten what Steve said like thirty seconds ago, <laughs> rewind a little bit. Yeah, so I think it's pretty much. It seems like these studios are starting to learn from what Marvel has been doing. Well, it seems like they're more willing to take risks. Yeah. Uh, these days, and they're more they. They're starting to wisen up to the idea that maybe you should leave the comic stuff in the hands of the comic makers. Yeah, just a thought. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it seems like they're going to be they're it's not 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 a bad thing to be chasing the Avengers and chasing no. that that linkage, you know. Um, and you know, they also talked to Ben Affleck about the, the uh, that, Justice yeah. League thing, and he's like, "I'm flattered." He's like, I, 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 "It was just a mix-up. Like it was never really went anywhere. It wasn't a thing." He's like, "But I've seen the Superman footage, and I'm flattered because that stuff looks great." So if they thought I could do something like that, I, I'm very impressed. And he also talked about how they offered him the Daredevil reboot. Oh, did they? And he said, oh. "I don't understand how this is a reboot if I'm in the movie." <laughs> it's like because I'm the star of it. But he does say, did say he wanted to do another superhero movie. He's like, "If the right thing came along, I could absolutely do it." So there were some rumors about Frank Miller being attached to the Justice League movie, there which was. should give everyone pause. Yeah. off the spirit. Yeah, I don't think I think that uh, his cachet left with the spirit. Yeah, he had a lot of cachet coming off Sin City. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, like this guy can actually do something," and then left to his own devices. Not so good. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, if they bring him in as like a consultant, that's that's one thing. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's going to write or direct that movie. Go back to George Miller, who they hired in the first place. Yeah, you can make Mad Max. You can make the Avengers, uh, well, Justice League, Avengers, yeah. any superhero team you want. Yeah, if he ever. Yeah, he's he's been making that Mad Max sequel for like six years now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's a little bit of news. But let's uh, let's get into some books of the week. Um, Stephanie, what what was your book of the week? Ah, so. And the first thing I've really picked up from DC in a little while, well, I mean, and actually gotten around to reading, um, <laughs> National Comics Rose and Thorn is my book of the week. All right. Well, why? What what do you love about it? Um, I don't know if I like completely love the series, um, but it definitely was intriguing. It kind of has this weird, um, I mean, I haven't read previous Rose and Thorn comics, but coming off somebody who has no experience with them in the past, um, it has this weird sort of... United States of Tara um, feel to it, and it kind of mixed with um, there was this manga that came back, came out I think in early two thousands. I want to say it's called Nana, um, but basically it kind of deals with this like um, multiple personality <laughs> disorder, good side, bad side, uh, but all in one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it was just really good. I don't know how this is just a one shot. Um, yeah, that's a shame. Pardon? That's a shame because I read through it just before we came on the air, and I felt the same way. So I yeah, want, I, I want I, more I of this already. I don't understand how it's just a one shot because, like, to me, it feels like a lot of stuff got built up, and they kind of, you know, mm-hmm. were just like, "Oh, well, we're going to do something with this," and then not. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, what they're doing with the National Comics thing is that they're almost like making pilots of television shows. You know, they're putting them out there and they're seeing, I think, what sells and what gets good reactions. And then they're going to possibly take them to series after after that. Well, I think I could dig this. Um, I mean, it's very different from uh, a lot of other stuff that I feel DC's putting out. And um, I dug the art. Uh, again, the story was interesting. And it, it's a bit weird, although it I don't really know how else to really describe it it's just kind of like a mind fuck for the first like like three quarters of the book and i just thought it was 
something I would pick up again. Yeah, I I, I thought the interactions between the uh, the two friends I, I, yeah, that's one Melinda? of the things I liked yeah. best about. I loved the scene where she's uh, about to dissect the frog and her kind of you know mannered speech and her her. her funny way of talking and frog so, james frog yeah i thought that was a really cool and even though really clever kind of really authentic to kind of what you know a high school student might do yeah. in that situation run me a lot of juno and that sort of yeah. quirky two girls sort of thing going on uh without spoiling too much when she starts to get messages it is mm-hmm. really really creepy yeah uh, the as we described i, I described you earlier the girl with the dragon tattoo moment Yes. Uh, there's yeah. some really yeah. nasty stuff here, but justifiably so, considering what preceded. Mm-hmm. I would want to see this again. I didn't pick this up. I did sort of scan through this in the store. I'm going to be buying this tomorrow. I really did enjoy it that much. Very, very cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there there was a lot of times when, again, I just didn't know really what was going on, but it left me, um, instead of being one of those comics where I don't know what's going on and it's frustrating... I didn't know what was going on, and it intrigued me. So Right. Um, I, it's funny, right before we came on the air, I was talking to Bob about a movie that I had just mm-hmm. seen that featured a multiple personality situation, and they used that as the twist of the movie, and I just don't like that as the twist of movies most of the time. Um, but what I like about this is that it's a multiple personality thing, but it's not really the twist. You kind of mm-hmm. know it. Even if you haven't read Rose and Thorn, it's kind of intonated right from the beginning that there's mm-hmm. something going on that even the cover is her looking at herself in the mirror and she looks different, you know? So um, I like that it's, it's used as a device and not necessarily as the twist of the story. I was surprised, you know, I hadn't read it up until the point where you you messaged us today and said it was going to be your book of the week. I kind of It was kind of on the to-read pile, but it was on the back burner. Um, and now I'm glad I picked it up. I, I, I do hope that in the future we get uh, more of this, even if it's just a mini yeah, I'm, I mean, I was kind of like starting, I, I forgot I had it, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, because this week has just been like absolutely mental for me. So I, when I sat down to kind of read my comics that I'd picked up, I was trying to sort through them and kind of categorize what I wanted to read. And I was going through N and I was like, oh, National Comics, what? I forgot all about this. And I was <laughs> so excited for it, you know, when it was coming out and it just kind of got neglected. And so I, I jumped into it and I was very, very pleasantly surprised. So, very cool. check it out, guys. <laughs> very nice, um, Steve. What do you got for us? Um, I actually went back and uh, a long time ago, a uh, very long time ago, we mentioned a book called Amulet on the show. Um, I had talked about it, and what it is is it's a scholastic book by. I hope I don't screw this up. Uh, Kazu, hold on. <laughs> Kib, kib, Pass it to Stephanie. Here, you. What do you? What do you got for me, Bob? Because I'm. I'm. Something's up with me tonight. Kaizu Kibushi. Is that it? All right. Anyway, Kubishi. But I think I you blend know. the. So, what goes on? Kazu Kibushi. I'm digging my own grave right now. Um, these books are absolutely fantastic. The fifth volume of it, um, called. Prince of the Elves uh, just came out last month. And basically what it is, is it's the story of a girl named Emily who finds out that she's the ancestor to this, um, she gets bequeathed this stone. And she realizes that she becomes one of these stone keepers. Her and her brother, Naveen, end up getting whisked away into a world of magic, monsters, um, all kinds of crazy characters. But... The point, the point that I, I, I read through the whole thing over again, 
And it's just, it's a really, really satisfying read. And it's a really good example of how something can start off so simple and seem like it's just cut and dry, straightforward, magical book, kids in an, off in another land, blah, blah, blah. By the time you get to like the third volume up in, into the fifth, the story has just absolutely exploded. Um, there's new characters everywhere. You can't trust anybody. The artwork is absolutely just very, very satisfying and cute, I guess. Yeah. It's I, cute-ish. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it's epic. Like you had said, it, I remember you, you know, tweeted yeah. out a picture of it and said how epic it looked. And it's definitely epic. But it's not epic in that, you know, Dexter Soy kind of way. Right. It, it's epic. You know, it reminds me a lot of, like, you know, Last Airbender. Yeah. You know, in, in that kind of... Yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Say, I'll go really old school. I said it to you when you showed it to me. It's Windsor McKay, who did oh. Little, Little Nemo in Slumberland back at the turn of the That's last century. That's earlier. Tiny details in little buildings and every window and little lights on everywhere expressive happy faces even when sort yeah. of bad things are going on but everything is on the page well it's like i mean it's it's you know fox guardians and uh moving statues a little uh doctor who for you <laughs> and um it's just it's got uh, stuffed animals and robots and like i said magic and um there's there's a war being waged between uh the stone keepers and the elf race mm-hmm. Um, the elf king is looking to, you know, get on um, this thing called the mother stone and dominate, uh, both worlds. And it's just, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. It's just, it's amazing how you could take this, this little idea of where it started. And even the first book was really, um, I remember it being just the opening of it was so almost like devastating. Like mm-hmm. they opened it with a death and that's just not the, the first thing you would sure. think of when you're picking up something that looks very innocent like this. Right. Um, and I don't want to compare it to Harry Potter because that just seems like a go-to thing, mm-hmm. but it's the books are progressively getting darker as it goes along, but it's getting darker in a sense of just that the, the, the stakes and the circumstances of the battle, like the people that you believe you could trust, they betray everyone, mm-hmm. and that lack of trust turns the story on its ass, and then all of a sudden, you know, things are in, are in the hands of the wrong people, and just when you thought that they had won out, you find out that you're like almost set back to zero, but not in a bad way. Right. You know, in like a what the hell are we going to do now kind of thing. And the main character, Emily, has got one of those like Harry Potter journey type of things where she just she starts off in a world where she knows nothing about it. And then as the books go along, her the situations that she's placed into are forcing her to grow up. Right. So these this brother and sister, you know, they're growing up way before their time. They're still like 12 and, and nine years old or, or whatever age they are that you would never imagine kids having to do these things. Yeah. You know, they're leaping from airships. They're going into caves where there are th- literally thousands of things waiting to like tear their flesh off. And it's just it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. a really like, if you want something, it's a really good journey. Um, It's totally clean. Totally something that you could uh, read with your kids if you wanted to. Yeah, I was actually just going to say, I've been meaning to pick it up for to read to my like six-year-old cousin. Everyone keeps telling me it's perfect for him. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I've been wanting to pick it up as one of his little bedtime stories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's cute, but it's... It's also got a lot of weight to it. The the things that are going on in the landscapes, I also want to point out, there are lots of uh, full-page and double-page uh, paintings and panels, and it's all done 
by the the writer. It's written by and uh, artistically done by the by the author. And um, I always like that. I always like seeing like a passion project turned into yes. a, a really good series. Um, like I said, it's books one through five right now, uh, all well worth the money worth picking up. And I I hope it goes on for a while because I mean it's it's such a cool world that I don't really see a reason to end it anytime soon. And even after they figured out what's going on with this, I would like to see them do more with it. Yeah, actually, there I was just looking at because I had heard about it before, and I they were supposed to make a movie version of it. Oh, really? With uh, Will Smith's children. Ugh. Uh, it hasn't. There hasn't been any news about it since 2011. Um, <laughs> Rob Edwards, who wrote uh, Princess and the Frog, was yeah. supposed to write it. There hasn't been any news in you know a year or so. So, Will Smith's kids. Yeah, both Will Smith and his son Jaden Smith, and then uh, Willow Smith as well. I'm to... getting jiggy with it. Stuck in that my head doesn't now. make. Well, I've got the hair goes back and forth in mine. So we're wow. even. <laughs> <laughs> I got the hair goes back and forth. <laughs> oh, God. oh, Bob. Sorry. Yeah, so there you go. That The very idea of that makes me want to throw up. <laughs> now you know how I felt when he made I Am Legend. Uh, this this First of all, if they were ever going to do this, it should be animated. It should not be mm-hmm. live action. Um, if they want to do the voices, mm-hmm. that's fine. But um, yeah, no, the Smith family starring in Amulet, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I am not jiggy with that <laughs> at all. <laughs> Um, I'll need one of those uh, Men in Black mind erasers <laughs> for that shit. Uh, it's cool though because I mean, wh- when was the first book published? Was it long ago or? Uh, yeah, it was quite a while ago. I mean, it had to have been at least like two or three years ago. Okay, so a couple of years. Too often. What, what's cool, I think, uh, you know, you, you said you didn't want to bring in Harry Potter. But what's cool about what Harry Potter has done is it's kind of re-energized this market, you know, of like this yeah. young adult or even you know young like kid fantasy stories and a, m- many many of them have cropped up obviously some good some bad but it, it's refreshing that you know those books created a new kind of pocket of readers you know people who would yeah. now will still turn to books for this type of thing and some of them went to hunger games as that yeah. now came out you know they, they get brought up on books really yeah but the golden compass and, and, and everything like that and you know the death at the beginning and you're showing me the panel on this yeah, stuff yeah it's it's heavy yeah you know it's like it's this is the start of the book i mean it's not a spoiler it's literally the first few pages but just those couple of panels it's it's just amazing how with artwork that can be um i guess cute or look innocent on the outside that you could still convey such a harsh uh message and emotion yeah with it and i mean that's you know that's obviously it goes back farther than this. I mean, it's it's like the Joseph Campbell hero's journey thing where mm-hmm. you know, they have to lose the, something they love in order to go on their journey. But it's also very classic Disney. You know, mm-hmm. Disney was known and is still known for that sort of situation. But uh, that's that's great. I mean, we're always talking about stuff for, you know, for all ages. And it, it's yeah. really, really cool to hear about something so great and so lasting as well. There seems to be a lot to read. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and they're quick. They're really quick. I mean, I read I read all five in between yesterday afternoon and today. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, forty minutes tops for each one. Cool, very very cool. Um, going completely the opposite way. Yes. Uh, my book of the week is The Punisher number sixteen. Uh, all ages. Yeah, all ages, which is the conclusion of the regular run that Rucka has been doing, the Greg Rucka run on The Punisher. 
uh, ends with issue 16, and then we have Punisher Warzone coming, and that's going to end Rucka's run completely uh, w- with the character. Uh, here, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything. I will say I talked about the first trade um, a couple weeks ago, how good it was, and the story continues and, and keeps itself uh, at a super high quality. Uh, it changed ours a couple times, but the bulk of the art is done by uh, Marco Cicchetto, and it's beautiful. I mean, he, he does this thing where the scenes that take place in the rain, there's a scene where the Punisher is um, confronting this woman who's had this tragedy who is sort of going almost to be the the lady Punisher, you know, wow. in, in a way. And she's making a lot of mistakes, and he confronts her, and it's brutal. It's a brutal scene, and it's raining, and it, it feels, I mentioned before, uh, last time we talked about this, but it feels like a Fincher movie. You know, it has that brutality to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Rucka does so well is Punisher's a character I never cared about. I... I you know, I always thought that was cool when I was like, you know, younger. I thought, oh, it's cool. The skull looks cool, you know. But and any, anytime <laughs> reading, it's all ahead of me, right? Yeah, and anytime yeah. reading it, I, I always was put off the fact that he, you know, he kills people and he's treated as a, as a hero in, in a lot of the books that he's in. But the the way Rucka treats him is not as a hero. The Rucka treats him as a, a damaged person who, you know, is going down is going down a horrible path. And you know, he is not even though this book is called The Punisher, and he's in a lot of it the book really gravitates around the side characters. You know, these these two detectives, um, a reporter, this girl, this woman who, her, 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 the book starts out, issue one starts out at her wedding, these, this, the exchange, which is one of the Marvel, you know, super crime things, comes and kills the entire wedding party and her husband and basically leaves her for dead, kind of like a Kill Bill situation. She lives and then she wants revenge, you know. Um, it's a lot of focus on her, and and he almost for the first arc is just almost like a specter. You know, he he shows up and leaves the book very quickly, and he comes in and just kicks ass, and then is gone. And it's how people react to him. And then as we go along, you see the way he looks at this woman, and how he he's kind of trying to force her to be like him. If she, you know, if you're gonna do this, you're gonna have this life. You you have to learn to live it this way. And one of the big things in the book is you're not alive anymore. You're dead. You know, this is, sure. you know, you don't get to have attachments. You don't get to have, you know, sentimentality. You don't get to have, you know, warmth or light or a, a phone or a camera. <laughs> that, that stuff is for the living. You are dead. And the dead only have one thing, and that's the mission. That's what it's about. And the way that their the characters kind of evolve together, and this last issue is the resolution of that other character. And it's beautiful and sad and rough and, you know, gritty and... You know, really feels like a, a gritty crime story in a lot of ways, and it really you can see where it's leading into Punisher War Zone, and there's something that happens in, in the next last issue that finally turns the New York police really against Frank. You know, not a you know we kind of go try to go after him, but we kind of let him do what he was going to do because a lot of us think he's doing what we can't. You know, that's kind of their opinion about him, but something happens where they feel like we have to stop him, and that's going to bring the Avengers into it and stuff, and. It's a beautiful end to the series, and if it wasn't it wasn't to keep going on, it still would be a great end. If you didn't want to read Warzone, uh, you could still read this up to issue sixteen and be and be done with it and be happy with it. Mm. It's a fantastic series, and Rucka is a great writer. And this is coming from somebody who does not like The Punisher. It's a series that everybody should read because it's just great. See, I always felt he was better as a guest star. Mm-hmm. The the overexposure of him was a bit much he started as a villain he's a spider-man villain who in i guess in the wake of the dirty harry and death wish movies they decide well we can work on this but even early on you only saw him a little bit at a time yeah 
But it sounds as here as he synthesized a whole bunch of movie things, the whole lady punisher thing is it reminds me of sudden impact the fourth dirty harry movie right yeah where there's a girl going around doing what harry's doing or yeah. was and he has to come to grips with i'm not going to spoil that movie for anyone who's <laughs> seen this from 30 years ago but you should see it anyway uh th- it sounds like a really great tack to take with it, it and he's now the mentor yeah in his own is. way yeah and it's really great to see him through that prism because it highlights the the things that the problems i always have with the character those things come to fruition and the, the book deals with them and, I, and as long as the book is dealing with them, that I like. I just don't like it when he's treated like any other superhero, you know? Um, and you get to see him, you know, that Omega Effect storyline, which is the first thing I ever read from this run, which I didn't really like when I read it because it felt very out of place to me. And even that, even that event, even reading The Punisher, that event feels out of place in The Punisher storyline. It feels too big for that character. It feels too big for that story. Um, I, I obviously like the character more now from this run, so I, I'm more attuned to it and I'm more okay with it but it still feels like it doesn't belong in either either the Daredevil run or the Punisher run but there is and reading it through again there is one really funny Spider-Man line he, you know in Avenging Spider-Man he's doing his voiceover and he, he sees the Punisher and he sees the woman and, and he's like huh a woman he's like don't say anything don't say anything don't say anything he'll kill you he'll kill you and then he says so I see you're dating again <laughs> and it's just a great it's just a, it's just a wonderful moment yeah it's a great series, and I really recommend anybody, anybody out there pick it up because I think at this point the first two trades are out, and the, I guess the third trade will wrap it up in these last four issues or five issues or whatever. But it's great; it's absolutely wonderful. And that's the end of him working for the big two, right? From what he's been yeah. saying. Yeah. Once uh, Warzone is done, so I think it's Warzone's a four-parter. I yeah. think once that's done, he's done. Yeah. And if anybody, if look Google Rucka uh, Greg Rucka, he does a blog, and it's wonderful like he he doesn't really he doesn't really slam the big two but he says look this is the realities of doing of doing for higher work and those realities suck i knew what i was getting into when i I signed up for it and i he doesn't blame the people who work there he's just like the 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 situation is just not good you know you should be it's much better to do creator own own work Mm -hmm. and but he has the ability to do that because he's been working for a long time and you know but it's a really great thing to read, and it's a very it's a sharp contrast, like the Liefeld stuff, which is very reactionary, very sniping. This is very well thought out writing. Well, it's very professional because, again, I, I use this example a lot. Lee Iacocca worked for Ford Motor Company mm-hmm. and designed the Ford Mustang. He couldn't go to Chrysler and take the Mustang with him. Yeah, you work for hire. Yeah, they're, it's their toys, and you're playing with them. If that's what you want to do. You have to know that going in. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get to change Spider-Man completely right. and walk away with him afterwards. No, not going to happen. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll land fine. with it yeah, on his feet. He'll, he'll be, he'll be, be fine. just fine. Um, so, Steve, once you finish Green Lantern, which I got you onto, you have to pick up the Punisher. Right? I know. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm sitting over here <laughs> sighing because I'm like, ah, oh, it's a light week, and then I listen to you, and I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> Something else I don't want to read. And you can blame Rob for this. You can blame our, our friend Rob from Tour Comics for nothing's ever my fault. I blame everyone else. <laughs> That's just the new American way. Don't worry about it. Yep. Stephanie, do you have any interest in the Punisher at all? Get it on a shirt. Um, a little bit. I mean, I found. Um, I mean, the only thing I think I've actually really read from him, uh, well, from the series rather than him, he's not really writing his own comic. But anyways, <laughs> that would be so cool. I, I read um, way back when they had the Punisher magazine. Uh huh. Um, so I read some of that. And, I mean, I've seen the movies, which are balls. <laughs> and then, I mean, there's... Oh, and I've his, like, little cameo in uh, Runaways was pretty funny. But other than that, I haven't really read anything. I've had 
kind of an urge to read it, but it's like way back there on my to-do list for comics. So um, I might have to pick it up based um, on your very, very lovely <laughs> recommendation. Thank you. And you're a Rucka fan, right? I mean, I know you've read Elegy and you really love it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I do think he's quite wonderful. <laughs> I like his name. <laughs> Rucka. I actually also I had a rucka week as I read through Batman or Batwoman Elegy mm. and the, oh, good. the and also his other detective <laughs> comics Batwoman stuff that's after Elegy and it is it's great. I just picked it up so spoilers galore here. La la la. la. Yeah, no, I'm not okay. I'm not going to talk about it at all, but it's it's just great. Uh so Bob, that's my book of the week. Why don't you finish us up? Okay. What do you got for Real us? Real quickly, uh FF22, which is the tie-in to Fantastic Four 610. Yay. Told from the other side with a charming, charming ending. Uh, as part of the Future Foundation, we have Bentley 23, who's the clone of the wizard, the old Human Torch villain from way back, who, in, in something, I, I, let me just do a shout out to Melissa Megan's uh, Nature versus Nurture column. You know, Reed knows he can bring up this kid to be something else than another supervillain. You know, we are not slaves to our nature, he says. And so you get the story from that aspect as Valeria trucks Bentley out to the, the battle site. And just a marvelous rooftop ending of two little ones just sort of holding hands. It's like, oh, that, that last page yeah. was amazing. It's just, it, I'm so sad to see Hickman leave here. But <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to embrace these last couple of issues. I, I have to say one thing, though. I thought it was strange how much of that book was the other book. Like, it was mm -hmm. from a different perspective, but the, the majority of it, like 75% of the book you had seen all of that content oh, okay. before in the connecting issue from Fantastic Four. So it was almost like reading Fantastic... I read them back to back, so it was almost like I was having like a hardcore deja vu because <laughs> I was reading it again uh -huh. for 75% of that issue up until where they left off. Like the end of Fantastic Four was the last six pages of FF. Mm, right. And everything before that was fantastic. For it was gotcha. really right. weird. Yeah, that's weird. Well, I I read them as release, which is a week apart. Yeah, and there it was just a nice refresher. Mm -hmm. As you saw them coming oh, around it was still, from it was the still other great. side, and it's worth it for the just for the last page alone. It's worth it. Oh, absolutely. Um, also, a quick little bit. I actually wrote a piece about this. Is a book that just came out called Dave Stevens Covers and Stories, which is this huge hardcover of all, virtually every cover he did for every goofy publisher imaginable. It's pinup pages. It's all sorts of wonderful things. Take a look at it in the store. See on the site, you'll see the cover image that Bobby posted for us. Really lovely book. And if you're a fan of the, the original Rocketeer, you want Dave Stevens' covers and stories with this wonderful cover of Aurora. It is quite gorgeous. Yeah. And he draws Catwoman the way maybe she should be drawn. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Anyway, for the actual book of the week, it's Wolverine the X-Men number 17. Yeah. Uh, Jason Aaron and Mike Allred. And this is laugh out loud funny for 25 pages <laughs> as Deathlock. Has he been in this book for a while? Deathlock, yeah, yes. okay, because I loved him for years and years and years since Rich Buckler came up he's with him. He's kind of just like a, he's almost like a walking calculator for the school. <laughs> he does like, he has all of their files, you know, stored okay. away. So he does like their taxes. Because he's actually a future cyborg mm -hmm. from, you know, because he's back here. And so he's asking Wolverine, what does Dupe, the green guy who sits at the desk, who's now asleep in his own drool with a magazine mm -hmm. what does he do we get a 22 page exploration of what it is he does which includes bowling with nazis um doing stand-up as cyclops or, and, yeah. and, and sticking things in his own eye uh -huh. um it is just 
hysterically funny and books aren't that funny anymore. You get a, a cameo from Howard the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> and Marvel, if you're listening right now, Mike Allred should be doing a Howard the Duck series. Mm-hmm. It would be perfect. Mm-hmm. I know he's going to be busy doing FF down yeah. the road, but mm-hmm. it, I do not buy this book. I bought one or two Wolverine the X-Men. It didn't matter. I had, I had seen Dupe once or twice years and years ago in Ecstatics or whatever, which I discovered doing some research. He's apparently a product of Cold War research. <laughs> yeah. According to Captain America, and obviously he's the expert. You can buy this book and it stick it in the middle of your pile between two of the you know dark and gritty things yeah. and just, um, just laugh yourself silly. Yeah. I'm curious, what made you pick it up if you've only bought like one or two of these? I love Mike Allred. Ah. And so just seeing the cover, I went, okay, I'll try this. Starting to... It's a wordy book. I like wordy yeah. books. Yeah. It's just funny stuff. Mm-hmm. And just in the middle of all our soon-to-be-ended AVX uh, marathon, mm-hmm. to see an X book that's funny. You know, I, the X books as I'm buying, really, it's been X Factor, and now yeah. I may start buying this. So the rest of them in tone. Wolverine and the X-Men has been excellent. Yeah. Like, all the way through. From number one on into 17, it's just been a very funny, very laid back, but still, like, action-packed. And very um, compassionate. There's a lot of great Wolverine moments in this because of his position at the school. Um, and when he's not there... It's quite hysterical as well because most of the time they like they don't know what to do in his absence, and he comes back and they're like, "What the hell yeah. was going on?" Yeah. Well, you had lent me the first three or four, so I had seen you know Krakoa, the living island, back from Giant Size X Men number one is yep. you know he's the security. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue right before this, the one with the the Hellfire Club returns, was phenomenal. Absolutely okay. phenomenal. It was awesome. Uh, I love the the title page because it says previously lots of things happened, but don't worry, you're pretty little head about it. Enjoy. <laughs> so that was great. What I love about him is that he's almost like Wolverine's personal X Force. You know, he yeah. does all of the things, all of the dirty stuff that Wolverine can't do, that he can't get into, that the the, the teachers of the school can't do. He's also a little bit of a pimp. He's like oh, he's hanging with- out with girls in oh, yeah. bars and yeah. yeah. Um, he play he, apparently She Hulk plays very very rough roller derby. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, he tells him not to cry as much. I like uh, <laughs> Valkyrie pulling him away. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Uh, it's great. It's like Bob said. It's very very funny. Um, I just and I love the moment. Well, he makes Wolverine put the Cyclops outfit on yeah. to do the stand up. Yep. It, it was one of the conditions for coming to work at the school. Uh, it made me so excited. For the FF book coming up, with you know Fraction and yes. an All Red right. writing it, I I, I couldn't be more excited that we're, I'm going to get this art every month yeah. on a book that I'm that excited about. So, yeah, it was it was just great. It was just really great. Steph, did you get a look at this one? I didn't, but you should. When, if, unless you guys have any other things to say, I actually wanted to ask Bob's opinion about a comic. <gasps> Go ahead. I wanted to know what you thought of the latest X Factor. Um, let's see. Let me remind myself. It's down here in the pile somewhere. <laughs> oh, sorry. I should okay, have no, you it's here. For, you know, oh, okay. Yes, I, know I you have yes. your piles of uh, stuff and things. Yeah, uh, it's it's Teresa. It's her yeah. breaking point. I, I I just love what Peter is doing here where each character is getting a spotlight for each month as we move the stories through. I and, haven't I mean, I haven't read the Game of Thrones books, but it has that sort of feel where like um, I know a lot of people love the Game of Thrones books. I know they're not actually called that. I know they're like, whatever. <laughs> but I'm going to call them that anyway, so deal with it. Um, 
But anyways, I, I, I know a lot of people love those books, but they get frustrated because they want to know what happens with a certain character. But then, like, the next chapter will focus on someone else, and this will focus on someone else, and you don't come back to, like, one person for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I feel like X Factor is kind of doing a lot of that, but Peter David's making it work really well. Like, he's keeping each of the stories so interesting that you don't really care mm-hmm. that the story you were so invested in last week isn't necessarily continuing. Mm-hmm. They're still alive within them because he yeah. manages to juggle where you get to see Polaris is still having some hard times. She and this is, is a throwback. Some shit. Yeah, how far back on this have you gone from when Peter came in? So did you read the original uh, Banshee Morrigan thing from a few issues back on the White House, on the Lighthouse? Yes. Okay. I, I read it. Um, I've been reading it ever since you recommended it to me. So oh. I think around the time Peter was on the show. So I, I don't I went back a few more issues to, I think, when his run started, and I've been reading ever since. Oh, great. No, this is this is a really great issue. We don't want to spoil too much here, but this is this has been fun, and we have one more issue on this to go, I guess, on one more breaking point. It's day five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what, uh, what happens with that, but people should be picking this one up. This is a out of AVX continuity. Right. I mean, it, it impacts it because Havoc is probably leaving to go run the Uncanny Avengers. Is that how this works? Havoc is... Oh, yeah, I know he's on the team, right? But, yeah, yeah okay. Oh, okay. spoiler, sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, I it's mean, in the yeah. press. Okay. It's um, one of the few Marvel comics that I was really able to um, jump into and felt like things were summed up for me enough that I could follow along. Um, without being really like annoyed, just because there was just so much that had previously happened, um, and Peter David has this really great job of summing up. Oh yeah, everything that's been happening without actually making you feel like you're just reading a recap. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I really think he has a great gift for, because um, some of those comics can be really frustrating because you sometimes get a comic that is pretty well just not a new story it's just like a zillion pages relating back to old stories so that you'll be okay for whatever but um he just does a really great job of subtly hinting to you and letting you know what you need to know in order to be okay it's the old school approach it's great it's really great um it's definitely one of my new favorite series that I've picked up because of Talking Comics and because of you, Bob. So, oh, thank, thank you. you very much. I poisoned Aww. another soul. But <laughs> I, I, do, I, do, I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. No, it's, a, it's a fun book. I, I've recommended it to a lot of people, and generally people are thrilled. It's kind of like, I mean, sorry, I don't want to go on too much more no, about it, going, but Stephanie. it's kind of like what I would want X-Men to be. Like, there's not 12,000 yes. <laughs> really, like, spin-offs of this one series. It's just all summed up in this like quirky dysfunctional team oh awesome <laughs> uh, he can tell because of the character mix he can tell funny stories serious ones does this mix the two yeah you cut to jamie madrox the multiple man and he's off doing something bizarre and then in the middle of it, that you must have read the murders in seattle one the super, the kids superheroes mm, i'm not sure you may not have gotten that was where when we had peter on there he was just starting that run or that little story arc. They did two issues, and then we're going to go back to that eventually. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Then I'll, I don't I'll, feel like I'll that. I, I don't feel like I remember that, but we'll save this for. I mean, off air. We'll talk off air. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed that, and thank you for reminding me how much I did this week. <laughs> um, 
but so before we get done with the books, we got. I just want to. This is this was the last week of zero issues for DC mm-hmm. this past week. So I just want to do a couple of quick hits on what, what came out. Um, Talon number zero, which is the last of the new series that are starting. Steve, you reviewed it for the site. Yes, I did. Really quick, what'd you think of it? I thought that it was excellent. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> no, um, it's no, it's very good. It's very good in a sense of that it um, <clears throat> takes all the framework and all the the foundation from the Court of the Owls, Night of the Owls, Batman stuff, and the writing. I mean, I don't know. I, Scott Snyder kept insisting that he was merely just directing him, that he wasn't really sitting down, putting the pen on the paper kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, what's it, a Tinian? Tinian, the, James Tinian the fourth. James Tinian the fourth, yeah. yeah. His writing style, his voice is just, it. you would think that it was Scott Snyder. Like, it's really got that feel to it. Yeah. And considering that that the character was born from that arc and that universe that you know uh, Snyder's now created, um, it was a like a seamless transition, mm-hmm. and it, it really really worked. And I liked it because it, it managed to create a character with a lot of layers within one issue. Mm-hmm. Like there have been series that have been going on for thirteen, twelve issues that haven't done what he did in that one issue yet. Yeah. So uh, no, I'm I'm really excited about it. I thought it was a great uh, first issue, and I want more. Yeah, it was it was cool. It's a good start to something. Um, it's nice to see uh, Gillum March doing art that's not like you know cheesecake, cupcake, whatever they call that. You know, cheesecake, cheesecake, porn. Yeah, porn. Because <laughs> uh, it's a really nice art. It, it, it's a really well done book, and yeah, it was it was cool to see it. And I'm glad it had such a good start. And I like. I like the spy on the run almost feel to it. You know, he's not mm-hmm. a spy, obviously, but it's got like that. This big shadowy organization's coming to get me. And I gotta stay on the run, but I'm badass enough to fight them back when they catch me. Well, even mm-hmm. his uh, even his origin story felt a little Batmanish to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the whole like the whole Grayson connection and all that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he wor- he is becomes part of Haley's Circus. Oh, so there's a definite connection in there. Um, did you read Justice League Dark Zero? No. Very, very good. Uh, one of my favorite Zero issues so far. It's the origin of John Constantine. It's like the, the DC oh, cool. origin like of John him. Constantine. And it shows his connections to uh, Zatanna, you know, back in the early days. And, you know, kind of how everything, how he became somebody who went from being kind of a novice con man, sort of dabbling in magic, to the person we're seeing today. You see the roots of that in this story. Uh, really a great Zero issue. Uh, Aquaman Zero? Yes. Did you like it? I, yeah. <laughs> I thought um, it was actually, it was almost going to be my book of the week. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I only got to read a few uh, zero issues uh, this week. So that was one of the ones that when I, I'd closed it, I was very satisfied. And the middle of the book, uh, there's a fight with a shark. Yeah. And it's just awesome. <laughs> um, and I just, I don't know. I like I like the idea of, Aquaman knowing who he is, but not knowing what he's capable of, and yeah. discovering a little bit of that throughout the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that as you know, as far as what zero issues are supposed to be, that there was enough. Um, there were there. It wasn't the entire origin, but it was like plot points of the origin, like, yeah, like a like a piece of it, but a nice chunk of who defined who he became in the new Fifty Two. Yeah, Stephanie, I know you've been reading Aquaman. Did you read the zero issue? I haven't. Okay. Um, I'm, to be honest, I haven't read any of the zero issues yet. I, I I've been kind of waiting to hear for like the whole thing, which ones are worth checking out. Mm-hmm. But so far, with the exception of a couple of them, 
Batwoman. They seem like more of, um, I mean, they kind of hurt the DC 52 more than anything from what I've heard. I don't agree with that. I mean, what I'll say about it is the Aqu- Aquaman issue was very, very good. And uh, did you read it, Bob? No, didn't, didn't get it? the chance. Okay. Uh, very, very good. But the problem with it is, and Bob, you read the rest of them, yes. though. You know where that story leaves off. It, it feels to me like it just doesn't feel like an organic place to stop and do a, a zero issue because it stops in the middle of an arc. Mm-hmm. So it feels to me like more, even more than the actual new 52, it feels to me like, like an unorganic place to go, okay, here are the zero issues. It worked for some. It didn't work for others. It came in the middle of some stories. It, you know, it, I, someone like Jeff John's other zero issues, he just decided, okay, I'm going to do a different story that will slot in like the you know the um, the other Green Lantern the new Green Lantern and the, the way he did Shazam in the Justice League but as good as this is I just want it to I want to know what's going to happen at the end of the you know the the, the, the other story that they're doing right now you'll and get then, you'll get that soon enough I know I know yeah. but I'm just saying but now as, as a business decision did they a year ago 14 15 months ago decide okay instead of starting with these zeros we'll slot them in the middle yeah and anticipate that everyone could tie up their plot lines by 12? Yeah. If that's even if they told them 15 months ago... There was going to be a zero. There was going to yeah. be a zero issue at this point. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if you could really line something like that up at this point. Yeah. That everybody's kind of either at the tail end of something or perhaps they're just starting a new one. Mm-hmm. You know? Because sometimes they're not always six issues. Sometimes they're five. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I know it's tough. It just... It, it, I think it stopped some storylines in their tracks yeah i just think it just it, it was unfortunate for aquaman that it just so happened to be yeah. that like there's one more issue until they wrap up that arc mm-hmm. that it just landed at a bad at a bad spot right as much as i love bad girl the zero issue i would have rather had that as the first issue yeah yeah no that that makes sense absolutely uh really quick superman zero really weird it's the first scott labdell uh, issue of the book mm-hmm. Uh, starts to, it, it's back on Krypton oh, with, sure. with, with Jor-El and the end of Krypton. So it's stuff that we've seen before, <laughs> but with you know some twists to it. it uh, there's some cool stuff there. Not sold yet uh, uh, on him, but it's only your issue. The Flash looks beautiful, but it is not a great issue. And Batman Inc. is just confusing. It's yeah. just a really confusing issue, and I'm totally up on the Batman Inc. stuff. I is it is it just me? I can't for I cannot for the life of me attach myself to these other Batmans. <laughs> these like the Squire, yeah. uh, Gaucho, or just all these the London Batman, whatever the hell his name is. The, the, you know? the Knight. The Knight. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I can't. I I. It's not. I not that I don't care about them, but I just I can't attach myself to them as them like being the Batman representative mm-hmm. of their respective places. Right. I, I get you on that. It's just really, it's also just odd because it's not a very old series, Batman Incorporated. And we've seen the origin of Batman Incorporated before. So it's just a very odd thing to do. Uh, it, yeah. It, it didn't feel like it, this one, that one more than anything felt like Morrison was just like, I don't want to do this issue. You know, <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. Uh, and that's it for the zero issues that I read uh, this week, which was a lot of them. Um, uh, and also, they finished the Alpha storyline in Spider-Man. I'm glad it's okay. It's not that good. Okay, it, it, it felt like a misstep in the story, and it, mm. it, it, the way they wrapped it up made me feel like they knew it was a misstep. So that, that's all I can say about that. I mean, mm. I love Dan Slott, and a couple bad issues is not going to take me off no. that book. But especially with 700 coming up, but it's just not, just not a great issue. So uh, that's it for a little snippet of the zero issues. Uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about 
New York Comic Con 2012. Yay! only a week till the event. I can't believe it. I know. We're going to be uh, doing a little New York Comic Con preview here. We're just going to talk about things we're excited about, things we might be attending, uh, stuff like that. So this is really my first major comic book convention. I've been to uh, like a video game convention, and we obviously went to Icon, the, mm-hmm. the science fiction convention. Uh, obviously, the first thing I'm going is press, so that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um and Steve, your conning experience—I think we talked about this about Icon, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So this is my first major con as well. It's gonna be—it's gonna be fun. I mean, Bob, what about you? A lot of the old ones, you know, for going as far back as the Phil Suling things and the second Sundays used to be in hotel ballrooms or whatever, and those expanded out further and further. Biggest thing I've ever been to. Yeah. Excited? Yes, very excited. So what about you, Stephanie? Are you excited? I am. I mean, this is the last really big con of the year for me, at least. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it and I'm hoping to kind of finish off the year of conventions with bang. Although <laughs> <laughs> not actually, you know, like my Oma and my mom like seem to think that because I'm going to New York City, I'm going to get like shot or something. So I'm hoping that like it's a good kind of bang, like yay, as opposed to actually getting shot. They, hey, they just had the, the statistics in the paper today. Uh, there'll be less shootings in New York this year than at any time since 1960. Nice. Wow. It's it, the number's been cut by about 90% over what just where it was 30 years ago. It is the safest big city in America by some FBI statistics the safest big city in terms of population above 50,000 in this country. That's pretty cool. Wow. So I will inform Oma. Yes, pass the, tell her to call me if she doesn't believe I, me. It's today's paper, front page. I, I called her. I think she just hates cities. I mean, this <laughs> not having anything to do with New York City. But okay. I called her to tell her it was going to be late the other day, and she's just like, oh, Stephanie, I'm so glad you called, because after 11, i so worried you're going to get shot in the face with a shotgun. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so specific. Yeah. yeah. What? So. The people walking around, they're like, oh, it's 11 o'clock. You got to bring out the shotgun and start shooting people in the face. Exactly. Come on, you're surrounded exactly. by superheroes. What could go yeah. wrong? Plus, you're you're in one of the least dangerous parts of Manhattan for that, that convention. Yeah. Midtown yeah. is not a scary place in well, Manhattan. No. I'm totally not scared at yeah. all. I mean, it's, it's more like my family seems to be worried for my life mm-hmm. than anything. But I'm super excited. New York City Comic Con has been like one that I've been wanting to do for a really long time so um there's amazing people going to be there like in terms of writers and artists and i'm so so looking forward to getting to meet you guys I know. Ah! in person time big highlight for us too whoa it's like fourth or fifth on my list wow <laughs> <laughs> well, you see excited. us all the time so yeah. yeah we're gonna be meeting lots of people Yes, there's lots of lots of talking comics fans and mm-hmm. lots of uh, creators and artists and people that we've interviewed but have never had the pleasure to meet and yeah. things like that and 
just all the all the new people that I mean that's what I, I the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is partying with everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't wait to, you know, make new friends and just meet people that like they know us, we don't know them. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, oh my god, you're talking, like, hey, you're you're you. Yay. <laughs> Who are you? It's gonna be really cool. It is. Yeah, that's gonna be a really, really cool thing. So uh obviously we're gonna be hauling ass during the con going to panels going to artist alley trying to get grab, mm-hmm. grab interviews with people um even maybe some meetings and stuff so i want to ask you um bob what are you most excited about coming up um if i can actually talk to adam weston burt ward i think mm-hmm. is way up my list just just for the nostalgia of that but in terms of seeing where this industry is going there are a number of panels where we got you know joe casada sitting there we've got the dc publishers you know this is a meet and greet with them yeah uh, we've got marvel now events um i somehow think i'm going to spend a lot of time in artist alley <laughs> yeah uh there's just so many people there that you know the, ramona Fraden, a name that there's a, a who what huh she Drew Aquaman and Metamorpho for years back when there was she and Marie Severin were the only female creators in in comics, and she's going to be there for all three days. She's got a new book out about her days doing Aquaman, which cool. would, which would be fun to take a shot at. Um, I you know as as I mentioned on the show, I did my first Kickstarter this year, and the guy who did it, Jamal Eigel, is going to be there. That's great. So get to see what's uh, what's the update on, updates on that. Yeah. He's apparently started sending out some of the stuff, which would be really cool. Uh, George Perez, Walt Simonson, a lot of people from my generation are still there. Rich Buckler, and Amanda Connor, mm-hmm. who, who's doing Silk Spectre, and hopefully, hopefully she's actually mm-hmm. selling some stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, you'd mentioned the Joe Casada uh, panel and stuff, and uh, th- I think that's called the uh, Marvel Now Cup of Joe. Yep. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest announcement-related panels of the entire the entire day. Yeah. I mean, that's that's going to have Jeff Loeb, who's the you know the president of their television division, you know Axel Alonso, who's the editor in chief, you know um, Steve Wacker, who is one of the senior editors. He does Daredevil, Captain Marvel, The Punisher, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot, a lot of big people there. I mean, Casada's going to be there, obviously. So. That's going to be a huge panel. I mean, that's um, that's at five thirty on Saturday, uh, and we we were talking about it before because there's a yep. lot of panels on Saturday and a lot of things that overlap ar- around that time. Uh, I think that's going to be a big one. So if you guys are going, that's probably a panel you want to get there early for because it's probably going to be pretty full. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Steve, what are you excited about? Um, well, like I said, I'm really looking if, uh, forward to just meeting a whole bunch of people. Uh, Artist Alley is going to be my haunt. I am <laughs> going to be dropping some cash and uh, hopefully meeting a lot of uh, great artists and purchasing some uh, artwork for the house and stuff like that. Um, the list is absolutely just monstrous. Yeah, I, I tried looking at it today. And I realized that I had like clicked three pages in and I was still in the A's. And I was like, just, you've got to be kidding me. And I looked at the size of the area that they're having it in and it's just tremendous. Yeah. Um, I'm an art fiend. So I'm a kind of afraid that I'm going to go broke. Um, but it'll be uh, As for the good. the person who has the most ridiculous comics pull list every Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> Hey, look, go big or go home. <laughs> I, I was at the shop with him on Wednesday. Broke or go home. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's looking at his pile and goes, oh, this is a big week. 
every week's a big week, yeah. except for today. Yeah. Today, but then you just got me onto this Punisher. Yeah. So, um, but as far as uh, panels and such, I know I, I it's my fault. It's always <laughs> my fault. I could say no, but I don't. Um, I'm really interested to see the Image Comics experience, which will be um, the primary Image uh, panel of all their stuff coming out. Um, I really want to check out the Ladies of Womanthology panel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of of their stuff and that that um, that whole setup with the Womanthology books. And I just it'd be cool to see them speak about like, the mission of it and and might, maybe what they have coming up if they're going to be moving beyond the space series that's coming out now. Um, what Title else? sounds a bit like much. The Ladies of Womanthology. You probably just could call it Womanthology the panel. Yeah, yeah, women, the women of womanthology. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's going to be a saga panel called "Sex, Drugs, and Rocket Ships." Definitely, yeah. definitely checking that out. Brian um, K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples will both be there. Yay! Uh, I want to go to writing to be drawn, comic book writing, and art tutorial. Um, I will be at that panel. <laughs> yes, uh, I think that's being headed up by Mr. Bill Willingham, or he's at least a contributor <laughs> of it. And um, that's uh, like Omin. Yeah, Mike Oming. Oh, Mike okay. Oming. Okay, because um, I have I have an idea for a comic, and I kind of want to do a little bit of research mm-hmm. at Comic Con. There's a number of how to cre- how to get started and how to create your own things and how to get your ideas out there. And I want to check some of them out because I have a damn good idea I've been working on, and I want to kind of you know do a little research. Um, I also want to check out a couple of uh, video game things that I didn't expect to be there. Um, they're turning the Persona series into an animation, mm-hmm. so I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, the Grimm's Fairy Tales is getting their animated series. Right. I think that's going to premiere at Comic-Con. Uh, Capcom Presents, Remember Me. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely want to check that out because that game, just the concept of that game is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel Heroes, the Marvel MMO is going to be coming out, uh, I guess, this coming year. Uh, really curious to see how, how big they're going to go with that and if they know what they're doing because yeah. there's so many times where they have these great licensed characters and it just winds up being a game that doesn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to see if they finally nailed it because they're kind of making a big deal out of this. Yeah, well, uh, one of the guys, mm-hmm. original guys who worked on Diablo is one of the heads of it. Boner. Yeah, one of the guys from <laughs> Blizzard North. So yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, there's a Silent Hill uh, Revelation 3D uh, preview that I'd like to check out. Love Silent Hill. Uh, if I could see the Christopher Lloyd Q&A, that would be awesome. Uh, Vertigo panel, Batman Dark Knight uh, Returns Part 2, IDW Publishing, and I'm going to shut up. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. Well, we're all going to come back around. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, on Thursday, uh, there's a Creating Comics, the Comicsology Way panel that yeah, I would really like to check out because I've been really loving some of the stuff they've been doing, and they're going to be talking about everything from the technology behind their, you know, their, their whole uh, framework, and they're going to be talking about you know, how... You know, their kind of deals with publishers and stuff like that. So I'm very interested to see how their initiative is going and really get a you know a good hour with the people who are behind the scenes hmm, with that stuff. Um, you know, and then also I believe yeah on Thursday they're doing a new 52 panel on the world of Superman in, in DC. And you know I don't necessarily think 
that they're going to address you know, the, the, the issues people have had necessarily, but it's a cool panel. I mean, um, Mahmoud As- Asrar, who is the artist on Supergirl, is going to be there. Uh, Labdell, who is doing Superboy and is taking over. Superman is going to be there. Uh, Rags Morales and uh, Grant Morrison are both going to be speaking and going to be on that panel. Uh, so it should be a, a pretty interesting thing. And uh, you know, we talked about Morrison before, and he's not known for keeping his mouth shut. So, so it could be an interesting <laughs> Q&A. Yeah, absolutely. So when the people get up there and ask questions, I will be quite curious to see what, what, what is said. Um, you know, w- there's a bunch of other stuff I'm like, looking forward to. I mean, Stephanie, you have a different perspective than the rest of us because you know, you're going there you know, with a creator, with a guest. So what are you looking forward to doing? Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, unfortunately, I don't really have um, the option to really plan out a lot of panels I want to go to since I'm working. Um, but, I mean, a couple of the panels that Steve touched on, um, you know, on Friday, Vertigo, of you from Cutting Edge Comics, uh, Writing to be Drawn, I'll be at those panels. And I am, look. all of these panels are ones that I'm seriously looking forward to. They're things that I would go to if I, you know, right. had a yeah. choice and wasn't just, you know, also going because I'm working, but, um, and like the Fables panel on Saturday and the first comics um, anniversary party on Saturday as well. Um, I, I'm mostly looking forward to, I'm even when I do have free time, I usually just wind up like Steve kind of wandering around Artist Alley. Um, I like talking to the people there. I like seeing what's for sale. I like discovering new artists and um, just getting to kind of chat with uh people that you don't normally really get to uh, chat with mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's hard for me to get away, but it's also, I mean, from my perspective, it's just nice to be there in general. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And Steve, you mentioned before about um, your idea for a comic and you yes. know checking out a thing. There's also a panel, uh, Marvel Breaking Into Comics, The Marvel Way, mm-hmm. that's also about a similar thing. And it's about getting your foot in the door and you know getting your idea out there. And that's uh, Mark Bagley is there and Sam Humphreys and Dan Slott are all there. So that's a pretty cool thing. And also, um, and this is kind of we're bus- behind the scenes business, but uh, I did get an email from a company who provides, who create software for people to draw comics and they want an appointment with one of us so oh. we'll set you over that appointment Ooh. so you can check that out too yes because that's a you know, really good perspective to have on what they're doing since that's what you're looking at yes um now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we mentioned the uh you know the the marvel cup of joe panel i mean dc is doing their new 52 panel which is probably going to be very much the same you know mm-hmm. situation them kind of going into announcements and what's been going on with the company and Obviously, I'm going to be at that panel. I think we kind of decide I'm going to take that panel, and Bob's going to be Cup of Joe. at the Cup of yeah. Joe panel. But I love that Cup of Joe. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a really good title. Uh, Bob, what else are you looking forward to? Uh, a couple of odd ones. I'd love to be able to get to the Guillermo del Toro thing. Yeah, his Pacific Rim, and mm-hmm. I want to hear about whatever happened at the Mountains yeah, of Madness, which luck. would be nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but so that's 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 a wish list kind of thing. Um, there's a Neil Adams panel on Thursday. There's a whole spotlight on him. He's always been one of my favorites. There's a uh, comic book legal defense fund, History of Censorship, okay, which is unfortunately spot up against Chuck McCann. <laughs> huh? <Okay. laughs> he was a kid show host here when I was a little boy. And on Sundays, it, he's a huge guy. He's kind of round and, and big. He would read the Sunday funnies dressed as Little Orphan Annie. Why? With the dress and white things in his eyes, and read the funnies. 
That kind of sounds like some hobo on the street trying to earn money. <laughs> it, like, it could be. It could be thought of that way. Red dollar? I'll read no, you the funny. Well, he was taking off. The mayor of New York back in the, the late 30s, I guess, early 40s, Mayor LaGuardia, who the airport's named after, um, during a newspaper strike, read the funnies over the air on the radio to the little kids so they could have the funnies on Sunday. Mm. So McCann started doing it on television when there was a newspaper strike right. and decided he would dress up as Little Orphan <laughs> and Dondi and Dick Tracy and mm -hmm. Laurel and Hardy. And he was a very gifted impersonator. He's actually going to be there. Uh, that's personal, though. So we'll, right. we'll see. Maybe I'll catch up with him somewhere else. Um, Alex Ross has his as a booth at the Artist Alley, though I don't think he's going to be yep. there personally. You're right. Yes, I think it's because it's intentionally called Alex Ross Art. Art. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to Alex Ross, Alex Ross. But uh, it's certainly worth a try. I think the goofiest thing I'm going to see across the weekend. I mentioned it to both you guys. Yes. Stephanie, have you ever heard of Kaiju Big Battle? I don't think so. Oh man. Okay, here we go. It's Saturday. <laughs> it's Friday, nine to ten. It, picture. A cross between Godzilla movies and wrestling. <laughs> Guys dress up as giant monsters or ham sandwiches or cans of soup and <laughs> wrestle in a ring with little cities in them and seeing if they can flatten them and they shoot ray guns at each other. They have villains named Dr. Cube with a big white box on his head. They have interviews and violence and, and stuff happens and they're doing this live at the convention on <laughs> Friday. I am all about that. <laughs> I am all over it. Stephanie, that um, sounds like right up your alley. Sorry, yeah, it. Does it sounds like she'd be competing. Right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she'd be competing in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you could be. <laughs> I'm I could work. I see you as the ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Killer ham sandwich. It would work with a hockey stick. I mean, probably what I'm most excited about, though, is probably on Sunday, there's the DC Comics Batman Death Comes to Gotham uh, panel. And Ooh. that's, you know, David Finch, Kyle Higgins, Greg Hurwitz, uh, Mike Martz, who's the editor of the Batman mm -hmm. Group, uh, Grant Morrison, Scott Snyder, Peter Tomasi, and James Tinney in the fourth are Jeez. all going to be there. So it's the whole Batman team is going to be there. I could not be more excited about that. That's a panel I'll definitely be at and be covering because... You know, it's my favorite book, so it's awesome. it's something to really look out for. And then, also the 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 rub of that though is that also at twelve fifteen on Sunday is the Women of Marvel panel. Yep, I put myself down, which I'm sure you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> I might attend that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Go if I may Bob. offer outside of panels as a tip for you guys and for other people attending, absolutely. Um, you definitely want to pay attention to the Marvel and DC booths, mm -hmm. um, both of which do signings with well, exceptionally prominent artists and writers. And they usually give out free comics that you can get signed, as well as if there's artists there, they'll do quick sketches for free, mm -hmm. which is a big freaking deal if yeah. you are aware of how much some of those sketches cost. Yeah. So a just a little FYI, yeah. um, one of the big draws, I think, personally for me, if, you know, if as somebody attending the show, would be to check those schedules to see who, you know, is going to be where and to get in line a bit early and get yourself a really cool sketch that you can keep and remember and not have to pay a cent for. As we were saying before, I, I, I know some people who bought autograph books or use some little dot journal or diary mm -hmm. as a convention sketchbook and mm -hmm. just walk up to an artist and you've got that year's right. collection. Yep. They have like really souvenir cool. books and yearbooks and um, I've seen like a couple people who do um, themed books like I, again, working with uh, Bill, I've seen two people who have started like fables 
uh, sketchbooks. Oh, yeah. And basically, they just have all these famous artists each do um, a page of whatever they want from the series. And it's really, really neat. I have a question. Yeah. Um, I've asked a few people this, and I've gotten a couple of different opinions. And I think I know my plan of action, but what is everybody going to be bringing um, bag-wise for merchandise throughout the day? Um, I will be bringing a shoulder bag. I mean, the bag I bring, or I might go to the city, you know, I'll just have a, a shoulder bag on. I'm not anticipating buying that much stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, just because okay. I don't have the let, let me rephrase. What should I do? Uh, bring... <laughs> Two giant suitcases. <laughs> bring a, bring a I'd bring truck. a backpack for yeah. you. Yeah. But make sure that you buy yourself, uh, like before you start going by to buy prints, make sure you buy yourself like a... A tube? Or a plastic uh, like uh, little case for the images or the prints that you pick up because otherwise they'll get schmucked. Yeah, I'll probably go to the post office, grab one of those long tubes and roll them all up. Well, yeah. they sell them at the show too. They sell like plastic ones that are nicer and you can actually like see through them and they're kind of cool. And they actually, the ones at the show actually have like a little strap on them too so you can just Perfect. wear them on your oh back. Oh my God, I'm going to be so cool. It's going to look like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Premium Rush. I'm going to have two of them <laughs> so that they're crossed in the middle. That'll Don't be cross my, the streams. That'll be my cosplay. <laughs> Spending too much money, man. That'll be my costume for the weekend. The sad thing is you won't even be the one with the highest bill for the entire convention. No, honestly, I'm really, I'm really, really going to try to limit myself to maybe like con exclusives. But the one thing that I am going to indulge in a little bit, um, I want maybe a few shirts. Um, I'm going to be looking for those Funko figures, um, the Funko Pop figures that I absolutely love. Because I know that there are so many of them that just they don't carry them in stores, but they exist. Right. Um, that maybe there'll be a few booths selling different ones that maybe I'll find some. If I can find somebody that might. Who usually a- has a booth? Do they? Mm-hmm. <gasps> there we go. There's my weekend. <laughs> and like those people who do those, uh, what is it? Mim- Mimabot? Like hard drives? They have a booth. and Does Kid Robot have a booth? Mm, that I don't know, but. There, I mean, it's a really, really big exhibitor floor, and that's not even including the stuff in Artist Alley. So there's a really good chance that if there's not an official booth, they'll be selling it somewhere. There's a really good chance that Steve's not going to be able to pay his rent that month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, poor baby. You can just not buy as many comics every Wednesday for a couple weeks. <laughs> <gasps> the horror. The, the horror. Of the horror. <laughs> Indeed. Um, this is not Comic-Con, but I was just, I was thinking about this when you're talking about uh, free sketches and stuff. Um, on Twitter, uh, over the past couple of days, Jim Lee had been posting sketches he had done, you know, a triptych of sketches he had done for just a friend, and he was showing them off. And a couple of them were DC characters, but the last one he put was an X-Men uh, sketch, which was just, just cool to see him do that, because it's been forever since he's yeah. been that side of the, the world. That was pretty cool. Um, um, so go ahead, Stephanie. I was just going to say, I mean, even if you're getting stuff signed or like drawn at the DC booth, you don't have to limit it to your, a DC character. I mean, I'm sure they technically kind of prefer if you're having the artist draw a DC character, but you can get them to draw anything. And it's pretty neat. Right. That's that, that really, that's really cool. Um, you know, we have uh, into panels for a second. There are two Marvel panels. There's the uh, Marvel Now, the Avengers panel where Hickman's going to be on there and they're going to be talking about, and Remender, they're going to be talking about Uncanny mm-hmm. Avengers mm-hmm. and Avengers. Mm-hmm. And then the Marvel uh, joined the Revolution, which they're going to Mark Wade's going to be there. They're going to be talking mm. about Hulk, and they're going to be talking about Fantastic Four and FF as well. And Ke- uh, Kieran Gillen's going to be there as well for um, that panel. Nice. Oh. Um, 
as a going back to the whole like booth thing again, we're just flip flopping back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some really fun things that like Marvel does. Like uh, when I was at Fan Expo, however long ago that was. Now what are we? October? Shit, that was like three months ago. Anyways, irrelevant. <laughs> um, like they had these really. What's the game where um you're trying to guess what's on a screen? Like, but your partner's reading you clues, but they can't say the actual name. Like word taboo, of the... sort of thing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? The pyramid. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like the twenty-five thousand dollar pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, they have like Marvel did like a fun thing with that where Axel Alonso and um, Ryan Stegman picked out people from the crowd and they did that sort of thing with like Marvel stuff, and you could win like these big prize packs and. That's awesome. Wow. It was really really fun. Axel like guessed everything like it was amazing it was so much fun to watch and those they have those all the time those are fun little things to kind of look out for too they so, have uh speed I mean, speed dating this year too yeah well speed dating they have oh yeah they had the, a show about that on tlc a few years ago did they i was gonna <laughs> sign up sign up for a lark but i got snuffed there's no more uh there's no more spots open so I'm I'm just sorry, gonna have to, oh yeah, I'm just gonna have to show a little leg on the uh, <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> uh, Carrie Fisher's gonna be there. Yes, that's big. Uh, any uh, 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 Peter Davison's gonna be there. One of the doctors. Oh right. Yeah, he's gonna be there. I suppose you know a ton of other ones too. Um, I guess there's gonna be the new Evil Dead. They're gonna be showing stuff about, from that. And there. Carrie with Chloe, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, the Carrie thing. I'm oh, yeah. I'm very interested in. I mean, I don't think I'll make that panel because the movie yeah. panels are gonna be. One of the things you probably have to line up for. Yeah, days for, in advance. Yeah, and we're going to be moving around yeah. so much and going to so many different things that I don't think I'll have time to line up for panels like that. They're filming that in Toronto, and it, like two weeks ago for like the film festival, I was actually walking down the street, and um, I was walking alongside this person for like five minutes after leaving my comic book shop, and somebody else was coming along, so I was like, oh, go ahead of me, you know, so that we could be walking like single file. And as she passes me, I realize it's freaking Julianne Moore. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> and, and then I was just like losing my mind. And I'm just like, why is she here? <laughs> and I'm like tweeting about it. And I'm like, I'm like 99% sure she just passed me. But that's sure really run up to her and tapped her on the shoulder. Wait. There for Carrie. So yeah, <laughs> that was my tie in. I gotcha. swear there was relevance. <laughs> I, I think that's going to... I'm very interested in that movie. Uh, I love Chloe Grace Moretz, so I'm, I'm hoping that's a good one. Um, you know, another panel I don't think we're going to be able to make that would be nice if we can make since we're a comic book website, but the Walking Dead uh, television panel mm. is going to be madness. Mm. And there's too many panels right around it nah. to, to try to even make it. Um, even, if I was, even if I was crazy about the show, which I'm not, it would be tough to make it because it's going to be a madhouse. What about uh, the there a Hobbit panel? Um, no, I don't think so. There's some hobbits wow. up there, but I don't think there's a hobbit panel. No, not that I saw. Hmm. Um, I think that was mostly an exclusive to San Diego kind of thing. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I'll be honest, when we were looking at panels, I was looking at panels, stuff, kind of trying to plan my calendar and stuff. I was just like, I was like seeing the movie stuff and just going right by it because I just knew I was not going to have any chance to even yeah. check it out. Uh, it's the same thing with, you know, Kevin Smith is there every year. I'm not going to be able to see him because that's going to be probably one of the busiest panels at the entire show i would love yeah. to but it's ne never going to happen <laughs> well, at you least you're realistic about it oh yeah absolutely what are my chances to see joel hodgson and the mystery science theater boys well pretty good they sent oh, us, we got an email for a press request so you can yeah. probably we can probably definitely get a chance seriously to see them. yeah yeah. <gasps> yeah oh my god <laughs> 
You gotta, uh, man, you gotta point these things out to me. Well, you, you should have gotten it too. I think you got it too. I got it you know what it is? Uh, that particular email, <laughs> I just logged into that this morning because yeah. of the iCollect thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I discovered that I had like 35 yeah. emails yeah. when that was primarily only used for registration. I went to go and print out my stuff. Yeah. And now I have all of these things in there. I'm like, no way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we got a lot of stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff happening behind the scenes. Like I talked about the software thing. Um, the Capcom thing should be fun. That game looks really interesting. Hell yeah, it does. Um, you know, and there's a couple uh, panels too about... You know, video game writing and comic book writing and the, the cross-section between the two and expanding the writing and, and the kind of the cred on both of those things, which should be cool. You know, there's so much stuff to do there. It's just a forever long list. And again, this is my first big comic book convention. So, you know, Stephanie is giving us advice about going to the booths and getting, you know, being able to get free sketches and getting, you know, stuff signed and the cool games and stuff going on. That's stuff that it's hard to look at a website and, and a schedule and figure that stuff out. So I'm sure we're going to be kind of learning as we go. It's very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, another pointer in terms of sketches and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of people have been to conventions before, but if you haven't, or if you have, like, this is your first year getting a commission or anything, you need to get there hella early because the sketches, they have usually the artists have a list. They'll do like, say, 10 sketches over the course of the weekend. So if you're looking to get a commission done by a particular artist and a particularly well-known artist, you'd better get there early because they fill up really quickly. So And some of them um, are full already. Really? And some of them yeah. even do lotteries because a lot of people will get there, sign up early, have them do a sketch, and then sell them on eBay. So a lot of the artists get really pissed off with that kind of bullshit. And... Mm -hmm. um, will actually just have like a hundred names and they'll pick randomly a hundred name or like 10 names out of those, whatever to do a random lottery. So if you want a commission done, get there early. Yeah. It's a good thing. To, yeah. It's a good thing to know. I mean, that's because I'm sure a lot of people are very interested in, in getting commissions and maybe you think you can just walk up and stand there. And obviously that's not, that's not the I case. <laughs> I mean, some of the lesser known artists in Artist Alley will obviously do that sort of thing, and they're obviously a lot more affordable. But I, again, if you want someone like, say, Amanda Connor to do you a sketch, if she's even taking commissions, yeah. that's someone you're going to have to be talking to on like preview night. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's also stuff like there's a 10th anniversary Firefly panel. Mm -hmm. Never going to get into that. <clears throat> Never, ever, nope. ever going to get into that thing. Um, you also got to remember that some of this stuff, once you get up there, they cost money. Um, to meet Adam West is 60 bucks. Well, yeah. I mean, all the celebrities cost money to talk to. Yeah. Crazy. So that's stuff that, I mean, t for me personally, that's stuff that I just kind of avoid because mm -hmm. there's enough stuff to do at places like that. I mean, it's, I mean, if it's your dream to meet Adam West, then I, I get 60 bucks is probably not a lot of money. Right. But for me... You know, that's 60 bucks I could be spending on other things and yeah. for, uh, for better cases. I mean, unless you're really, really excited to see somebody, like, you know, unbelievably so, uh, I would say to avoid that kind of thing because it's going to take up a huge chunk of your time yeah. mm -hmm. and it's going to cost money out of a budget where you could probably be getting original art and, and cool stuff, you know, well, otherwise. I, I know a few people that are, are waiting in line for Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. And I just told them, I'm like, you know, good luck. Yeah. You know what, though, you guys? You're making it out to be, like, really long lines, but the fact is not that many people are willing to pay money mm -hmm. to talk to those people, and those people are there 
all day, all weekend. Right. So the lines, like when I was at Fan Expo, Christopher Lloyd had no one in line. I took like a zillion pictures and then ah. walked off because people, they come in waves. So if you're paying attention, if that's something that you're going to the con solely for, there's a really good chance that if you are patient and you're not trying to get to him, I oh, he's right there right now. This is the first time he's been there. <laughs> like if you just calm the fuck down and wait, there's going to be a lull where you can just walk straight up. No one's going to be in line behind you. So you can talk to them for like a long period of time if you kind of just bide your time. Nice. Gotcha. Good to know. Very, very good to know. Uh, another thing too is I don't know if you're able to make this panel. I, I did something similar to this when I was at PAX a couple of years ago, but uh, IGN, they're having their PlayStation podcast, Podcast Beyond, is going to be there. Like those guys are going to be there and they're doing a, a, a live podcast there. Um, and I don't know if you guys are fans of that. They give away a lot of free stuff. It's Saturday. It's Saturday night. It's Saturday night, nine to ten. So it's going to be you know a, a much smaller probably amount of people that are there. But they give away stuff, and they're really it's a really good podcast. Um, they're really cool guys. So it's something to check out if you're interested in that. Kind of I thing. actually purchased a ticket to the Geek Girls Con. Okay, that's going on after that. I mean the Geek Girl Network party. Oh, ooh, ooh. excuse me. <laughs> well, the convention's a totally different thing. There is a Geek Girls convention, but mm. well, it's not the same thing. So it's a party afterwards. Yes. Um, is it? Is it? In, where is it? Is it at a bar or is it at like in? The, uh, I know? believe That's it's a Stitch Bar. Or Stitch knows, Lounge. Stephanie knows exactly what, what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as far as us there, I mean, we're moving around a lot. I mean. Obviously, Bob doesn't have this option because he doesn't have a cell phone, but uh, Steve Lucky and I w- will be tweeting you know, where we are, yeah. and when we have downtime, you know, we'll be trying to keep in contact with anybody who's there who wants to meet up with us, wants to talk to us. Um, you know, we're still trying to figure out what night's best to meet up with people. Uh, if you guys want to let us know, you know, hit us up on at Talking Comics or you know, info at TalkingComicBooks.com and let us know, because you know, there's a lot of parties going on, there's a lot of stuff to do, so I don't, I don't want to be like, oh, all the people who are coming that would come to see us are otherwise disposed this time of this night, so it's a bad time to plan a, a get together, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and just, just you know, let us know because we want we, we want to know what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. If you guys also want to, I mean, like I've been talking about, I'm actually working at this show. I mean, you guys are working like as a freelance kind of thing, but I mean, I'll be at a booth. So if you want to stop by and say hi, I'll be in Artist Alley at uh, Table Z One, and um, again. I'll be at a bunch of panels with Bill and signings at the DC booth. So if you check his website and schedule, you can come say hi at any of those and I will be around there. Yeah. Stephanie's stuck at a table, so it would be much easier to, to find her probably. Yeah, and annoy her. Mm-hmm. And annoy or her. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely annoy her. Annoy her. Absolutely. I Bring think. her cake. That's yeah. not annoying. That's it, wonderful. Yeah. I love cake. Give her, bring us cake. cake. Give, her, give her a list of names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's you know I feel like I don't know what I'm getting into at this point. You know I, I don't I feel like I'm gonna get there and it's gonna just be overwhelming and it's gonna be a lot of running around. But I'm really really excited about it. We have some interview requests out there. We have some stuff we want to do. We're gonna be trying to do as many podcasts as possible, whether or not it's you know in the press lounge or out on the floor, or out in front of the arena or on the train on our way home. Yeah, you know I think there'll be a lot of those. Yeah, we're gonna be doing a lot of stuff. We're gonna be trying our best to. Uh, put as much coverage out as possible i mean we're going to try to have you know blogs going all day and then write up fuller news stories and fuller pieces as we go along a lot of audio interviews so there's going to be a lot coming up it just also happens that next week is our 52nd podcast which is basically the year anniversary of our show 
it, it just comes out in a week when we're going to be doing a million things, you know? So it's going to be interesting. We're going to try. I mean, Stephanie is going to be the same with us at some point, but we're going to try to get us all on mic in the same place at the same time, yeah. which would be, you know, a, a chaos. A cha- yeah, chaos. Absolute chaos. <laughs> at least in snippets. At, at least in snippets. Yeah, there Absolutely. you go. Absolutely, yeah. There will at least be snippets of us together. Uh, you know, we're going to be harping in you a lot of content over a long period of time. I don't know how much we're going to be able to get out in a week. You know, because if we have our brothers, there's going to be a lot of audio uh, to sift through. So, you know, if there's stuff you guys want us to cover, though, if there's stuff we haven't talked about yet that you've seen on there that you're like, oh, my God, I really want to hear what they, you know, hear this person or that person, let us know because we'd love to know that and we we definitely try to, you know, get in contact with them. With the exception of a... Oh, sorry. No, No, I'm just saying with the exception of the My Little Pony uh, panel. Well, we can obviously reject anything that we can do what we want to do. But I'd love to have someone oh. tell me they want to hear Chuck McCann have something to say, <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen somehow. What were you going to say, Stephanie? Hopefully we can also talk to you guys a little bit for a podcast as yes. well and get some, you know, listener questions from you guys live. Absolutely. So. I mean, we're going to be, Steve and I are going to be trolling on, well, all three of us are going to have audio recorders on us. Um, Steve and I are both going to have cameras, so there's going to be a lot of opportunity to get a lot of different uh mm-hmm. ways we'll get you on camera we'll get you on audio we'll see what happens uh and if a uh, little word if you're going to be cosplaying at the event uh i am going to be in charge and running a uh weekend long cosplay feature on the website of all of the best cosplay at the con so if you're dressing up and you want to be put on the site and you want to be featured uh come and find me or bobby or whoever mm-hmm. and we will Take your picture. Yeah. And it'll be awesome. It will be. It'll be really, really cool. I'm really, really excited. I mean, it, uh, Bob, we kind of went away from talking about stuff. Do you have anything else you're really excited about that? No, I'm pretty excited just in general. Yeah. So the fact that, uh, as Steve found out, you got, I guess, too, at Icon, it's the people watching. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. talking to total strangers because you share a hobby. And you're both standing at a table looking at, well, there's an Action Comics 1. Sitting there, or here's a piece of original art from 60 years ago that was the cover of a book you fell in love with as a, as a little boy. Right. Uh, these very talented creators who do this thing that we all love, to see them live is really very, very special. That there's yeah. now a face to this. So the whole thing is just overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And for those of you who are coming in, you know, we have a couple of listeners who are coming from out of the country, but I'm sure there are people coming in from out of state. If you guys have never been to New York City, you're also in for a treat because that's it's overwhelming yeah. place to go. Regardless, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much to do. You know, at the Javits Center where the convention is, is not the most happening area of town. But you know, if you're spending some time in the city, you know, you know, just head down to one of the villages and check out some of the bars there and stuff. Explore when you're there. You know, if you if you can spend some, I know you want to be at the con a lot, but you're going to be in one of the best and greatest cities in the world. So. Definitely experience that, yeah. too. Yeah, two blocks from Times Square, Central Park, a mile yeah. walk up Fifth Avenue, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. Bryant Square Park. Mm-hmm. Bryant Park's around the corner of Madison Square Park, a little further down. Yeah. And get yourself a slice of real pizza. Absolutely. And yeah. a bagel. And a bagel. And a bagel. Yep. <laughs> the High Line's also nice, too. The reconverted railroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's really Which runs nice. from right near the Javits. It runs from, I guess, 30th Street, where it's an old elevated freight line. Yeah. There's now been turned to an aerial parkway. Yeah, it's great. We actually, uh, I do, uh, you know, I do wedding cinematography, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we should do some photo sessions there and stuff, and it's a beautiful place. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Cool. It looks like, you know, like, 
after they were after they were people. Yes, exactly. What's happening right now? Because it's, it's a train track, but it's all these you know you know grass growing out of it and stuff. It's a very very cool situation. And you're looking out over the Hudson River. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so yeah, that's kind of our Comic Con uh, preview. There's a lot we didn't talk about. There's so many panels. I mean, I went through most of the panels that I'm going to try to be hit hitting. There's going to be so much news coming out of there. I mean, obviously we've. We can't even predict what's going to happen coming out of there. I'm really excited to see what Image announces because, you know, at San Diego they announced a bunch of stuff that was really exciting. So I'm just really looking forward to getting swept up in the whole thing, you know. Um, So, yeah, and, again, we're really excited to meet you guys. So come find us. We'll be tweeting where we are all the time. And not me. Not gonna have Bob. to find me. Look for the oldest guy there. But we'll, yeah, that's not gonna be you. We'll let you know where Bob is too. If we if we know where he is, we'll we'll, we'll let you know. Rats. Where he is. You're like, where's stay. Baldo? Where's Bob? Exactly. You know, maybe that maybe that's a whole. Contest. You gotta hang out with me this con. You you owe me a day. <laughs> this is true. Yes. So that's it for our Comic-Con preview. Um, again, guys, if you have anything you want us to cover or anything you're excited about, anything you want to say, you know. Email us, info at TalkingComicBooks.com or at TalkingComics on Twitter. Either one of those things. Uh, we really love hearing from you guys, and it really enriches everything, and it will also enrich this um, completely and utterly. Um, you know, we had a couple emails you know, from some listeners here that I wanted to go over really quick. Uh, this is from Ethan, and it's, the subject is comic book art. So he said, hi, Bobby, Bob, Steve, and Stephanie. Thanks for a great podcast. I just need to remember to listen to it before I go to the comic store because this week I again forgot to pick up Captain Marvel, although I did remember to try out Fantastic Four. What I'm writing to you about is comic book art. Um, recently, I picked up Web of Spider-Man 129.1 and 129.2. Um, now, he, he's, he read uh, Web as well as Amazing and Spectacular way back in the 80s and the early 90s until changes in the backstory of the character in the mid-90s destroyed my interest, which is... That's my complaint. Very similar. Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> To you, um, you know, he, he talks about how much he doesn't really like the art that's been going on amazing lately, um, you know, uh, and uh, the worst part was because I found the art to be so vomit worthy, you know, about this this 90 stuff. And frankly, I'm not too happy with the art in the last few issues of Amazing either, but it doesn't completely turn me off the way this did. On the flip side, when I get a comic that has great art, sorry, Bob, but I love Jim Lee's art in the Hush okay. series, I can read and reread the comic over and over again. Now, there are a few questions about this that arise. First, I recall you already went over your feelings regarding covers that do not accurately represent the story of the comic. But how about covers that do not represent the interior art? So what do you think about that, Bob? It's always a cheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you'd get, uh, you get an Adam Hughes cover and then get you know, me drawing the inside. It, it is kind of <laughs> not, what, not what you want to see. Um, <sighs> The only good thing is, in this day and age, you can now download the image. A lot of these people publish books of covers, as the Dave Stevens things I pointed out today. There's Amanda Connor art mm-hmm. books like this. There's an Adam Hughes cover mm-hmm. book. If you can be patient and just keep it as computer wallpaper, yeah. And wait, if the interior art isn't to your liking, don't buy it. Don't reward them, yeah, for teasing you with that it's, that cover. It's very deceptive. I had that happen to me just last week, where I was in tour. And um, I went up to, uh, I saw a Swamp Thing, um, I guess, arc or package okay. or set. And I was like, I was looking at the cover and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm like, look at this. Oh, maybe it'll be a you know great companion to what's going on now. And I can get a taste for the old Swamp Thing, blah, blah, blah. And I had it in my hands. Like the whole time I was walking around. But right before I left, I opened it up to go and to check it out. The art inside 
was totally not my thing. Just, it wasn't bad. It just was not my style. Mm -hmm. It was a little too old school for me, where it, like, the cover's gorgeous and detailed and dark and, you know, gritty. And then you open it up, and it looks like it's, like, newsprint. And the colors are really faded and bright. And I'm just like, no, this is not, this is not for me. And I had to put it back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Stephanie, what do you think about this? Um, I don't know. As far I always look before, I mean, I buy stuff. So, I mean, if I, I, I'm not being particularly coherent, but <laughs> I mean, I buy things just for covers sometimes. So, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm not the best person to ask. No, but that makes, that's a t- different viewpoint. It's, well, a, it's a very valid viewpoint as well. I mean. Done it myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm, I've bought books plenty of times, you know, because I think this happens when you're buying series as well as, you know, I buy, like, let's say the Wolverine the X-Men book that came out. If it had a Mike Allred cover, you know, I don't, when I buy the books in the store, if I'm buying the book as a regularity, I don't look, flip through the art. You know, so I would just buy it. And, and if I, if it was Mike Allred on the cover and not Mike Allred inside, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. But it would just be there, you know. And so, because for me, we talk about this many times, the art is obviously important. But to mm-hmm. me, it's not the overriding factor to why mm-hmm. I enjoy or don't. Enjoyable. Mm-hmm. First time really hit me with something like that is when Captain America, uh, way, way back, Sal Buscema was doing it. And he left, but there wasn't an internet. No one found out about such things. The next issue had a Gil Kane cover, and you open up, it was Frank Robbins inside, who was, I, I got to love him eventually, but he's very cartoony. And we went from very straight 70s comic book style to exaggerated, weird what? Yeah, that's not what I bought. I didn't. I didn't look. It was mm-hmm. Captain America with a cool cover. Right. Oops. <laughs> um, he has another question. He says, second, I know my tastes in art are pretty ordinary. That is, I like art that looks like what it's supposed to look like. I also like art that reflects not only the mood of the story, but also his treatment that respects the character's history. For me, cartoony is great if the character is Donald Duck, but horrible if the character is Spider-Man. Do you have any particular mm-hmm. feelings about art that leans more cartoony or unusual, particularly when it's used in superhero comics? Steve, um, I absolutely love cartoony art. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also reading the, uh, I guess that was it, the Family Adventures of Superman, Superman Family Adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is absolutely, in my opinion, the best Superman book mm-hmm. on the shelf. Right. Uh, funny enough, but I, um, I like that. I like that approach to uh, to art, and I especially like it when they take something that is normally much more serious and they do it in that style. I mean, I wouldn't. If it's a special occasion, or if it's an arc, or it's just a quick run, yeah. I think it's a lot of fun. I wouldn't have that be the permanent or like the preferred style, but um, I think it's really good to take a break from all the the grittiness of some comics and to do something light and silly and just super colorful. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a good time. Yeah, I mean, Bob, what do you think? No, I agree. As long as it it's matching the story. Mm-hmm. If you're doing, you know, the death of Robin and have, uh, you know, Fred Hembeck do it, that's not going to be very good. It's just not going to work. But with this Wolverine and the X-Men, perfect. Yeah. Perfect tone, perfect story for that change. We talked about already moving forward with FF. Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work brilliantly. It works on Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. Don't know if it'll work on the Punisher. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Stephanie, what about you? Um, I... Cartoony can be, yeah, I think it can be really good, but it also depends on the story for me. Um, I, I mean, I'm really fond of art like 
Batman the Animated Series. And I love even seeing that in comic books and such. But at the same time, there's a time and a place for it. Um, it doesn't fit in with all comics. And it's, I mean, I, I like anime style art, but at the same time, I also don't necessarily like that in my comics. Um, for sure. me, when I want something like that, I'd read manga instead as opposed to you know the comics so sometimes they don't really mix to me but uh again i i think steve you mentioned this if it's like a one-off kind of thing mm -hmm. um it can be nice to switch things up every now and again for a fresh a breath of fresh air yeah i mean it does it does depend i mean something like with uh the runaways they eventually ended up switching over the art to something much much more japanese influenced anime influence and in that case, I thought that was actually a mistake uh, for the series. Okay. So, I mean, you had Sarah Pacelli doing mm -hmm. most of the art for a long time on the book that to move from that, then they had another artist in between for one arc, and then all of a sudden it was just like Saturday morning runaways, and it was <laughs> it was kind of... I mean, it was colorful, and it was still fun, but it was a little... Like, is it possible to have too much fun with art sometimes where it ends up just coming off as like all of a sudden their mouths are really big. It changes, it changes the expressions mm -hmm. of the faces where, you know, like a, a somber moment isn't as somber when you've got those really big watery eyes, whereas opposed to like being a little bit more realistic where you could see the pain in their faces when, like I, when they're hurt by something. Right. Yeah. I think too, like when you get into like cartoony stuff versus realistic stuff, realistic stuff, like you said, really shows the emotions in the face. Um, since a lot of those people really focus on, well, the expressionism. Um, whereas if you get into kind of cartoony, it needs to be a lot more lighter material because you're sort of relying on like little sweat drops or something to convey the emotions that, um, aren't in the faces otherwise. So when you can't put it in the face, it kind of, that sounds terrible, but whatever. If you can't see it in the face, it kind of just makes it one of those additional things you have to be paying attention to right, yeah. in the book in addition to, like, well, the words and all that as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. Absolutely. Put no, it, put it in my face. If you can't yeah. put it in the face. It's in the muffin. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a problem. Um, and <laughs> he, he closes out his, uh, his three questions with, uh, and he says, third, and this gets into a wider question and probably a minefield in terms of generalities, I wonder if people whose backgrounds are more artistic have in, have in general a greater preference than non-artistic people for the kinds of comic book art styles that might be considered unusual or experimental. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'll say this first. I think this goes for just about every medium. I think it has nothing to do with how artistic you are, but when when you read as many comic books as we do or you watch as many movies as we might or you watch as many TV shows, sometimes when things are different or unusual, it feels like a breath of fresh air. You know, and you read so much stuff that's the same or you watch so much stuff that looks the same or has the same tone that when you get something a little bit different, much like this, the Mike Allred stuff, right, it feels like, oh my God, this is, I'm seeing something totally new for the first time. Uh, and I, you know, I think that's why you see a lot of people, a lot of like movie reviewers who watch 500 movies a year, you know, of new movies that come out that mm -hmm. year. They tend to really love these weird, you know, different movies because they've had to watch so many movies th that, you know, they're they get kind of desensitized to normal, 
good movies. I mean, that, that's all, all those thing. Adam Sandler joints. Yes, yeah. but even yeah. not even that. Even like you know, Adam Sandler should be shot. Just <laughs> <laughs> even when great, like you know, like the Avengers, right? If you're A.O. Scott and you've watched a thousand action movies, you know, sometimes no matter how much better the Avengers might be than most normal action movies, you're still like, well, it's just it's an action movie and it's fun, but that's all it is. Because you, if you're spending your life doing something, you want something a little bit more out of it. Mm-hmm. So I um, think that happens a lot. So, so, I, go ahead, Stephanie. No, just talking about the Avengers, this is a little sidebar. But did anyone else see that Honest Avengers where they were like, did anyone else not get like irked by the fact that they were talking to each other and none of them had ear like headsets on or anything? Like they're all talking to each other. They can hear each other perfectly fine. And none of them have anything to talk to each other with. Tony Stark has really good tech. What can I tell you? Um, I believe that Captain America has something built into his helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hawkeye definitely had uh, something um, in his... He had an earpiece. Right. Uh, but as far as Black Widow and... I mean, Iron Man is obviously inside of his suit, so yeah. he knows what's up. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, no, I don't. Thor, I know for a fact, <laughs> doesn't have anything. He doesn't even yeah. wear his helmet in the, in the movies. Yeah, no, he does not. Uh, yeah, that's a little... Thanks. That's, that's a little irksome <laughs> yeah. now. I just watched that again on Sunday, and it was still as, as great as yeah. it was. I still have the... I still think I said this to you, Bob, like, why doesn't Tony Stark go, hey, I have this other guy. He's like my best friend. He has the same exact suit I do, so maybe with this invasion of the world, he might be able to help out with this whole fighting yeah. thing. It's a, little, it's a little stuff. I mean, that movie is fantastic, but... Uh, um, so thank you, Ethan, for your email. Um and one more question uh, from Corey wants to know. Um, oh no, sorry, Corey just wrote a very nice email to us uh, saying thank you. <laughs> We're not going to read. <laughs> well, no, because I don't want to pat ourselves on the back. But thank you very much, Corey. This is from Bradley, and he said, "If you were to kill off a Marvel character once and for all, never to emerge again, who would it be?" Bob. Norman Osborn. Okay. Oh okay. My God. Interesting. That's very interesting. Steve, uh, you have anything for us? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, g- give me a second. Go to somebody else. Okay, Stephanie. Any any uh, things that come to mind? First off, um, I mean, I'm not a really. You guys, Bob and Bobby, uh, you guys are the ones that are really, really into Marvel. I mean, I read Marvel stuff, but I don't know if there's anyone that I would want definitively dead. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I, uh, that's a really <laughs> tough question. Um, Sportsmaster. That's DC. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I, I knew it when I said it, too. I was like, damn it. Uh, for me, I really... The, the person I think should be gone, I really can't say because it's kind of a spoiler for a book that passed not too long ago. Uh-huh. So I don't want to say it. Uh, uh, so I'm going to abstain from this. But it's somebody who did die in a book very recently in a very big book oh. that we didn't talk about. Uh, Waiting for... Yeah, worrying yeah. for this. The well, it happened in Avengers vs. <laughs> X Men. You know. Oh, I know. That. Yeah, so I don't want to talk about it on the air because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't been reading it or who's waiting. We had a couple people say thank you for not spoiling anything because I'm waiting to read it. So I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but you know, Cyclops could go at this point, and I probably would be too oh, upset. Oh yeah, he could fuck off. And it would be. <laughs> and I don't even mean it in that way. I just mean I think everything he's gone through. I think would be a pretty big emotional punch. You know, that's a more I'm thinking yeah. of it. I'm, I'm less thinking of it. As somebody who annoys me, then then something that would be really effective in a story sense. <laughs> well, in some ways, it's been said his character has died so long ago that he's not the person he was. Right. Even beyond what's happening here, I, I pick Norman because I'm sick of him being the go-to 
he controls the world. He's the president. He's in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hammer and this and that. And he can have his own Avengers. And he's the Green Goblin, period. A businessman. When did he turn into Lex Luthor, Dr. Doom, the Red Skull? Right. Ugh, enough. He's a regular guy. Blow the snot out of him and let's get it over with. Move on. Steve? I still got nothing. Oh, okay. I'm really, I'm sorry. Right. I, I just, it's okay. Uncle Ben. Say Uncle Ben. No, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where somebody asks you to go, like, they'll treat you to buy you, they'll buy you a CD and you're standing <laughs> in the music store and you're just like, duh, you don't remember anything you listen to. Um, I really, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I, I can't it's think okay. of anybody that I'd like to see dead. Um, Gambit? No, I'm kidding. Oh, um, <laughs> you're gonna hear about that. Oh, one. I know. I am. <laughs> um, I, I really, I'm so sorry. Maybe I'll think Jubilee. of something. Oh God, Jubilee! Jubilee? No, don't. Nah. so annoying. She is Dazzler. Dazzler. You know what? I will go with Dazzler. I did not like Dazzler in X Men Extreme. I find her extraordinarily annoying, and I just don't think that she's needed in the universe. Although I think maybe like. For Jubilee, at least on my part, which I'm just kind of throwing out there for the sake of throwing out there, I kind of more wish she just never existed as opposed to killing her off. Because right. I don't hate her okay. that, that much, but that know, could be if the she Dazzler never existed, issue. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, she's unbelievably <sighs> annoying in the X Men animated series. Yeah, Sentinels, like all the time. All right, you should have done the voiceover for the game. Yeah, would have been great. <laughs> Do you remember that with the the six controllers all around that big hulking machine the, with the, the, the X-Men arcade, arcade game? game? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. god. You know what I got the other day? I know this is going totally off topic. Okay. I got Batman um Batman Forever the arcade game for oh, the wow. original PlayStation. Oh wow. Holy <laughs> shit, that game is so great. And uh we didn't talk about it at all. I picked up Resident Evil 6. Oh yeah, you were talking about it a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the opening sequence, not the opening opening sequence, but the following sequence, holy shit, <laughs> like some uncharted level crap going on. Yeah. Uh, it's got really old school camera work that dates back to the first two uh, two games. Uh, it is, there's lots of quick time events, but they're creative quick time events. You get to do other things with the controller, which is kind of cool. Um, and it's all straight action. If yeah. you haven't adjusted to that by now with the last two iterations, I don't know mm-hmm. what to tell you. That's unfortunately where the series has gone, but it is intense and you get to pick from six different perspectives to play the game yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. It's like it's all three are full campaigns. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's really three Resident Evil games put into one. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, the action thing. Here's the deal. I, I want I want the mechanics to be where they are. You know, you can finally move and shoot at the same time, which is yeah, amazing. Lots of button combinations. Let me tell you, for Resident mm-hmm. Evil, I just wish they had kept a little more of the um, atmosphere. I mean, I played through the demo, mm-hmm. and there was stuff I really liked about it. I really liked the Leon uh, part of the demo a lot. Uh, but did they have the helicopter crash? Uh, no, in the Leon part, mm-hmm. no, they did not. Ooh. Um, you know, and I liked it. I just I just wish that. There was a little more pace to it than there is. That's oh, yeah, there is no pace. Yeah, it is it is throwing you right into it. But also you have to remember that you chose to take that part of the story yeah. that maybe other characters might have a little bit more of a build. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I, I'm just, I mean, I would figure that Leon of all three characters would probably be the most, mm-hmm. you know, paced of the, of the three campaigns because he's definitely the most, mm-hmm. like, uh, 
kind of I mean even four which is more action packed than the previous ones is not as action packed as five is right yeah so still zombies yeah yes well actually in this one they yeah. kind of bring it back to the zombie figures. and they do not go down easy no, they holy not. crap some of them I have was, guns I was playing on normal <laughs> yeah some of them have guns but I mean I was shooting them in the face mm-hmm. in the mouth yeah and they <laughs> still were not going down yeah there's some crazy stuff that happens. I was playing a demo, and they talk about like this new species that the bullets cannot take them down. They just their body morphs to get rid of the bullets. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I wasn't paying attention to which ones were which. I was just shoot. I shot this one guy. He fell down. When he fell down, his body started reconstituting. It became like this weird, like look like flower looking monster. Like yeah. and it, and then it like sprung out all these like sh- like spores and spores, shit. and then it went back into itself, and he became a person again. Yeah, it's like that's pretty crazy. I uh, I was running along the edge of a building and I was running hopefully just to like disarm them with mm-hmm. their gun, but instead my character leapt and did a flying sidekick and kicked them <laughs> right off the ledge of the Very building cool. and they flew however many stories down and smashed onto the concrete. Yeah, and I was just nice. like I stood up in my chair. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I will say this: I played the Chris Redfield part of the demo and that felt very Gears of War. To me, there's like a lot mm-hmm. of Gears of War type stuff, even down to there's like this. You're in the middle of the city, and this giant monster starts like rampaging through the city. Oh, cool! And it looks like a Gears of War beast. You know, there's some really cool stuff there with that, though, because you can kind of flank it. There, it's not completely vertical. You know, you can move yeah. and um, you can kind of do some stuff you really I didn't think you'd be able to do. But I mean, I, I want to play it. I, I just you know, I didn't love five, so I'm a little wary of six. But you can borrow it from me when I'm done. I'm cool. still in the middle of playing Borderlands. I cannot put that game down. <laughs> very, very cool. Um, all right. So, oh, Bob, have you seen that movie yet? The new Resident Evil movie? Because I know you're nope, talking about it. Nope, you haven't seen it yet? No, nope, okay. disappeared on me. I think already. All right. No, Steph- it's still in there. Yeah, it's yeah. still hanging on by a, by a very okay. thin thread. Stephanie, have you seen the Resident Evil movie? I know that you were excited about it. I was, and um, I was going to go see it with my uncle and cousins uh, a couple weeks ago, and just didn't get around to it so i'm sure it'll be on dvd by christmas so. <laughs> probably yeah. yeah absolutely so the ten dollars not spent on the movie goes right to the dvd exactly exactly mm-hmm. or they'll, exactly. they'll come out with another blu-ray collection i think there's already like four of them yeah in different parts every yeah. time one comes out there's like the resident Evil blu-ray collection the umbrella collection yeah all right so um Let's talk about what's on the shelves right now. Yay, light week, kind of. Uh, from yeah. Boom Studios, we have Garfield number six. Yes. Hypernaturals number four. Planet of the Apes Cataclysm number two. Um, from Dark Horse, we have, okay, uh, Christmas Carol, The Night That Changed the Life of Eliza Scrooge, hardcover. Uh, we have Creepy Comics no. number 10. We have Star Wars. Oh, we have a couple of Star Wars omnibuses, which I'm not even going to read because if I don't have to read a Star Wars comic from Dark Horse yes. one week, I'm not going to keep doing it. Uh, DC Comics. We have Action Comics number 13. We have Animal Man number 13. We have Batwing number 13. We have Before Watchmen number two of four. We have Detective Comics. Which, number wait, which Before Watchmen though? Oh, sorry, Rorschach. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm it's out of your head already. It is. Ooh. Number two of four. Uh, Detective Comics number 13, which is the new team, the, uh, the Chew team is taking yeah, yeah. over. Uh, Dial H number five. Hmm. Earth two number five. Blech. Ferris number eight. Yay. GI Combat number five, which GI Combat is already canceled. Really? Yep. Yeah. Wow. That was quick. <laughs> yep. Very quick. Uh, Green Arrow number 13. Green Lantern number 13. Sweet. Uh, added another... Uh, Another all bolt. twelve. Yep, 
the hardcover and then all the single issues. So I'm on the Green Lantern train. Um, the first volume of uh, I Vampire comes out tomorrow as well in trade paperback. So that series is fantastic. It is. That's a series you guys be checking out. Um, we have Scooby Doo, Where Are You, number twenty six. Smallville season eleven, number six. Stormwatch number thirteen, Swamp Thing number thirteen, Yay. Sweet Tooth number thirty-eight, yes, and World's Finest number five. One for me, hooray! Um, from Dynamite, we have Bionic Woman number five, Boys number seventy-one, Lone Ranger number ten, Pathfinder number two, um, Red Sonia number sixty-nine, uh, Voltron number eight, uh, Warlord of Mars, Deja Thoris number sixteen. Oh, by the way, I want to say. Uh, I got contacted by something on Twitter. You know, I keep saying, you know, Assimilation 2, mm-hmm. Assimilation Squared. Oh. It's not oh. printed like that on the, on the like, press materials. It's right. not the little... But on the oh. book, I think it actually has the little two. He corrected uh. me. I want to thank you. I can't remember his name right now, but thank you for correcting me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, okay, that makes a little more sense at least. Uh, IDW, we have Crow number four. Ugh. Doctor Who number one, start of a new series yeah. for that. Um, Mark Buckingham's doing the yeah. art. Mark Buckingham is doing the art. Uh, we have, okay, Love and Capes, What to Expect, number Yay. three of six. Sweet. Um, we have the trade paperback of Trio coming out as well. Ooh. So people, if you haven't checked out that series, you should definitely check that out. It's really cool. Um, great melding of new school and old school comic book uh, storytelling. Uh, Image Comics, we have Black Kiss 2, number three. Yay. Blood Strike, number 31. Danger Club, number four. Danger. With uh, an A or an ER? Is this one of those dynamite ER. ones? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's not dynamite. No, it's not dynamite. This is Image. Uh, from Fatal. I mean, from Fatal. We have uh, Fatal, number eight, from Image Comics. We have Sweet. Guarding the Globe, number two. Hack Slash, number 18. Harvest, number three. Yes. Uh, Non-Humans, number one. Thief of Thieves, number nine. Huzzah. Uh, from Marvel, we have Age of Apocalypse, number eight. Age of Apocalypse. Apocalypse. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We have Amazing Spider-Man, number 695. Whoa. Uh, we have Avengers Academy, number 38. Yay. Uh, Avengers versus X-Men, number 12. Yay. Thank Cthulhu. It's finally we have AVX versus number six of six. Which has to be read first, I, it's my understanding, okay. before you read the other one. Well, I'm not going to oh, read really? that one. So. Or just okay. not at all. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, Daredevil End of Days, number one of eight. Yes. Uh, Defenders, number 11. Yeah. Um, we have, oh, The Man Thing Omnibus is coming out Man in hardcover. Um, we have Minimum Carnage Alpha, number one. <laughs> Sweet. Um, we have Muppets number four of four, Road to Oz number two of six, Yay. Space Knights number one of three. Uh, Is this ROM Space Knights or I don't some know. other kind of Space Knight? I don't know. I can click on it in a second, Bob. I'll let okay. you know. Uncanny X-Force number 32, Uncanny X-Men number 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the way down to Xenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales presents Bad Girls number three of five. Grim Fairy Tales presents Robin Hood, number one. Yeah. And we have Charmed, number 24. Um, now I'm going to check for you right now, Bob. Okay, then I'll just throw this yeah, in. It's also previews is out oh, this right. week. Oh, right, yes. Uh, I'm always on about, just to give you retail as a break, and the company's uh, an inkling of what's going on. You know, pre-order, go through the catalog, pick out the things you need. Uh, I was talking to my local comic guy, it's Frank Brosler from over at Long Island Comics, and with the Marvel Now initiative, where DC allowed... A certain percentage of returns on the extra books you bought, Marvel isn't doing that. So your, your retailer, 
without your input beforehand has no clue what to order. So you could end up, oh, you might have gotten the first issue by sheer luck, and he wouldn't have ordered enough seconds or third issues. And the reorders are instantly the second printings. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get in on these sort of things and make yourself, you know, have a first printing, you've got to get there ahead of time. So previews is out this week. Go through that. Bring your highlighter to to the store. (laughs) Um, oh, the Space Knights thing, Bob. It's actually a republishing of Space Knights, Space Knights one and two from uh, two thousand. So it's uh, Jim Starlin and Chris Batista. Oh, don't remember that one. So hmm. yeah, it's a it's a reissue. Uh, but so those are the uh, releases that are on the shelves right now. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, info at talkingcomicbooks.com at Talking Comics on Twitter, um, Facebook.com slash Talking Comics. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve's is <laughs> <laughs> at dead underscore anchorus. Uh, Stephanie? I'm Hello Cookie. And Bob's email? Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. Absolutely. Um, make sure you guys check uh, the website. Uh, the iCollect feature has premiered. Uh, we start out with uh, our own Steve Say's uh, collection. Yeah, all my. All my stuffs. Yeah, so it's a, it's a really good uh, really good read. You guys should check it out. Um, again, uh, Bob mentioned it in passing before, but uh, Nature versus Nurture, uh, Melissa Megan's column on the site is just uh, utterly fantastic. And I want to say, uh, last week our contributors like kicked major ass. There were so many reviews that ended up on the site. Uh, th- those guys are doing an awesome job. Um, I just want to say thank you so much to them and. I want to thank you guys out there too because not only have you guys been talking to us on Twitter and talking to us on Facebook or via email, you guys have also been commenting on the articles and that's really big because the people who contribute don't, you know, look at our Twitter really, don't have access to the Twitter account, they're not part of the Facebook account, so they get to see your guys' feedback on their articles and that's great mm-hmm. uh, and I want to thank... Me, me too. Yeah. Since I can't look at it Not to mention that, I mean, the books that we write about, that's, you know, a a vast majority of the time, the creators of these books, they see these reviews from time to Mm -hmm. time. And if they see your comments on it, there's a chance that not only will they see you commenting to us, but they'll see you commenting on their stories and their books. Yeah. So it's all the more incentive to leave a comment for us every now and again, because you never know who might see it. Yeah, I mean... A couple of months ago, uh, you know, friend of the show, Joe Eisma, yelled at Stephanie on our comment board. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's cool. He's yeah. awesome. We're cool. He is cool. He is, he is a cool, he's a cool guy. Um, so, yeah. Um, wait, so, before go we go, yes. just uh, if you're handy, didn't you, we were looking for new contributors. And yes. speaking of the contributors that we have. So it's been just really hectic week. I've been sifting through everything and I haven't had a chance to email a lot of you back yet. So please just. Bear with me a little longer because this week's hectic and then next week's New York City Comic Con. So I really might not get to them until after we get back. So if you've submitted an application for consideration to be a contributor, just bear with us a little bit longer. It's just a really hectic time. Absolutely. Yes. And thank you guys so much for taking the time to email us and get in contact with us. It's like we said last time, it's humbling how many people send an email that want to write for us when, wow. we, when we can't pay you a cent. So thank you guys so, so very much. All right. So that is it for our show this week for Steve. Comic-Con. Bob. I will jump in one more time, though. Wait, you want it to, again? Yeah. Okay, just was, no, I just something to say. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, in the world of comic book collecting, moms get a bad rap. They throw away your comic books and all that sort of stuff. And my mom threw away my Hulk number one, as a matter of fact, because they didn't leave it in the right spot. 
Uh, yeah, I, I used to annoy her when it was at sixty dollars. I, I can't imagine what she would say now that it's sixty thousand dollars. But anyway, uh, today would have been my mom's birthday. So oh, happy birthday! Um, so it's just uh, if your mom's around, you can talk to your mom. Be good to your mom today. That was Absolutely. very sweet. Very sweet, Bob. Oh, thanks. Um, so uh, <laughs> sorry about uh, no goodbye. It's okay. Goodbye. No, it's all right, Bob. That's okay. a beautiful send off. And for Stephanie, I don't even know how to follow that up. <laughs> See you guys next week. Yeah, just that say works. goodbye. Uh, I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. <laughs>